Ready? I'm ready. Thanks for tuning in to the American Hauntings Podcast, the show where we discuss history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of American history. We are now in season five of the podcast, Haunted Hollywood, but today... Today is our special 2020 Halloween episode where Troy and I will discuss our favorite horror movies from the 1980s. I'm your co-host Cody Beck and with me is my co-host, author, historian, crime buff, and the founder of American Hauntings, Troy Taylor. Yep, I, uh, I'm i the one who pushed for us to do decade by decade, so yep. uh, it's just going to get older from here. It's going to get weirder. Um, it is, well, in, in a lot of ways, yes, it probably will, but um, I was excited about doing the 80s because, I mean, this is... I was in high school, mm-hmm. so for a lot of this, so I went to see everything, and especially horror movies. So uh, I was jazzed about doing this. I made a huge list for Cody with about 40 movies on it uh, that I didn't give to him in enough time for him to really watch all of them. Uh, but if I really, really wanted to. Yeah, you you could have, but um, but you know, I I but I also fine tuned the list as well. Yeah, because there were some things I put on there that you know. In second thought, I didn't really want to talk about them. Uh-huh. I, I liked watching them when they came out in yeah. you know 1986, but I didn't really feel like talking about them. So we did trim it down some, but I think we got a pretty good list here of um, of stuff, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing it. So. I would say so. Do you know what yeah. I did in the 80s? Well, you didn't do anything because you probably weren't born. I pissed so. myself and I yeah. cried for <laughs> yeah. four months. For four months. And yeah. that was it. <laughs> um, after going through all these movies for the 80s, I've realized I don't really like the 80s that much. Oh, really? <laughs> now, never... see, there's... A, I, and, you know, part of it for me, some of this stuff I go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. Not really what we've got on the list. Everything that we ended up with keeping on the list is all stuff that... I can rewatch and enjoy. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that I remembered as being really good mm-hmm. and then would go back and watch it and go, uh, holy nostalgic crap, this kinda. is really awful. Yeah. You know? um, but, you know, we're, we're going to get back into the 70s, you know, next year. And, you know, really, I didn't see anything that came out in the 70s when it came out in the theater. It's yeah. all stuff I saw later. And it's just going to get more and more like that. But... You know, there are there. I think we've got some some classic stuff yeah, on our list, and for sure. Some that you don't dis, that you don't quite agree with me are classics, uh-huh. but you know that's all right. That's good. You like, know, that's good. We we can have a discussion here yes. about some of this and, stuff. And a so. couple of things I want to get out of ahead of time. So in the years before, I've done things like. You know, like here's the budget, here's a director, here's oh, all this right, stuff. Right. I'm not doing all that okay. this time. Um, I am going to give a description. But I, oh, yeah, I, perfect. I, I always yeah. pull it from IMDb because yeah, it's good. funny to see how off it is sometimes. sometimes it's terrible. Um, yeah. And I've also pulled some fun facts from IMDb. Oh, well, yeah, I like that too. And also, I Great. did not fact check any of these fun facts right. because <laughs> I, I did take ones that yeah. seemed to have more upvotes than others. Yes. But uh, yes. again, some of this might be bullshit, but it seems it's yes. funny to at least gotcha. talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then normally I would say like, oh, you can find this on netflix or hulu or whatever i'm just going to tell everybody google it and yeah. and or or you, there are two different things you can use an there are two apps i really like one's called real good and one is called letterboxd and oh yeah both of those will tell you where movies currently are because they're so fragmented now oh yeah from service the, to service right by right. the time There's somebody so many streaming this, services yeah, yeah so just google it and you'll be able to find it's always going to be plan. on amazon if 99 yeah. of the time yeah. and yeah. so that's just going to be or my some advice. stuff is just going to be available on dvd or right. blu-ray or that's something. true that, I will run into that the further back we go, but I think some of this stuff may not be available streaming. So, but anyway, we'll we'll, we'll go from there. All right. So, 
our first film. We're going to start in 1980, yes. work our way up. So yes. our first film is The Changeling. Yes. So after the death of his wife and daughter in a car crash, a music professor staying in an old mansion is dragged into a decades-old murder of a child by an inexplicable presence in the mansion's attic. That's close. Uh, it's pretty close. That's, that's pretty yeah. good. That's a pretty good description. It doesn't cover how many good things there are in this movie, though. Yes, and we talked about this on a different episode. We have. Episode, in a, in right? a, yeah, we won't, we won't have to get too deep into this again, because we did a uh, an episode of Ghost Movies a couple of years ago, and this was really high on my list. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to hear this episode on the 30th. If they have no plans on Halloween and you're around Decatur, I'm going to be introing this movie at the Avon Theater oh, at nice. 8.30 on Halloween night. Um, I'm going to be actually stopping in while I'm hosting that Haunted Decatur tour oh, that I said right. I would do that night. We're going to stop in. I'm going to intro this movie with the true story uh -huh. behind it and talk a little bit about the ghost stories of the Avon before we continue with the tour. Oh. So it's going to be like a whole big mixture of things. But if you have not, for some reason, have not seen this movie... Um, you, you need to track it down. Um, it is, it is available streaming now that I do know, mm -hmm. um, there for a long time. It was only on, um, Blu-ray or actually, yeah, first it was just on DVD, then Blu-ray. Uh, but it is streaming and, um, this is just, it, this is almost, almost a perfect ghost yeah. story. The ending is a letdown. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but just be prepared to just love the entire movie and then just kind of go, oh, okay, well, right, it's right. over, you know. Um, but but it is, it's definitely worth watching. It's got some good, good twists to it. And uh, George C. Scott is, you know, not a super likable character, but then I don't think he is in anything. No, really. no, I, mean, I think it's just him. Pretty much just him. Yeah. Um, but it works for this movie because you want him to be very skeptical of everything. Right. You know, but, and you'll never look at bouncing red balls the same way again. No. If you've never seen this movie and finally get to watch chance to watch it. I'm so. curious too about the Avon Theater. Um, are you gonna can you do me a favor? Can you not tell the tour that's happening? Can you walk in and just be like, I guess yeah, I can intro this movie for you guys and just <laughs> yeah. act like a well, rock I think star they'd kinda. like me to I think they'd like me to advertise that a little oh, bit ahead right. of time. I know. That it would be, really be funny. funny, but yeah, it would be funny. So Um Okay, <laughs> well to finish out the changeling, yeah, it yes. is amazing. Um quick little fun fact, director I said I think I said this in the last time too, but Martin Scorsese included this movie in his top eleven scariest horror yeah. films of all time. Yeah. Um and he said that definitely that one I do know he said multiple times this is on his list of scariest scariest movies. Yeah, it's definitely on my list of ghost movies for sure so and then the second or the next movie that we're going to do you have and thoughts. i'll let you introduce this but this it is, is the shining 1980s the shining so a family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future i mean sure yeah well, yeah. yeah that's pretty vague but yeah. yeah i guess it's some of it's why you know, not some of it works but we were talking a little bit before this you have you have thoughts i do have as thoughts. does uh, stephen king yeah i yeah i do have thoughts about this movie um I, I enjoy this movie for what it is. It is a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. It is just exquisite looking. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, some of the camera techniques and things are, you know, were original for this, created for this. And it, it's beautifully shot film. Uh, but as Stephen King says, it's like having a really fancy car with no engine. Mm. Because this movie is so cold and so disconnected from the story that it, I've always had problems with it. I mean, on one hand, it, it's you know, it's a great movie. It's a it's a classic. It's a landmark film. But, but. Um, Jack Nicholson is 
horribly miscast in this movie. And really? I know that people think just love it, you know, and love him in it. But if you read the book first and mm-hmm. then you see Jack Nicholson, there's no buildup to the, the hotel driving him insane. Sure. Because from the very first scene, there is no way in hell I would let this guy He's watch my hotel unhinged. over the winter. <laughs> he is in the office acting like a complete nut. I mean, he just looks crazy when yeah. you meet him, and it's like, and they're going to leave him with this multi-million dollar hotel all winter. Shelley Duvall is a dish rag. I, she's awful. She's a terribly miscast <laughs> oh. in it. I think the kid is annoying. Um, the 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 beauty, the shining spot of this entire film is Scatman Carruthers, who, um, spoiler alert, comes all the way across the country. And dies as soon as he walks in the door, and it's that's not how that story goes. Sure. That's not how. That's not the story. It's just not it. And so there's a lot of things not to like. But on the other hand, if you just watch this movie and just divorce yourself from the book, mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful film. It, it really is. It's just I have some hangups with it. But on the other hand. I can appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I will stick with Dr. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. I like the way that Mike Flanagan took the book story and the film story and merged them together mm-hmm. uh, into Dr. Sleep because the director's cut of that is is fantastic. I gave it five stars last year. Of Dr. Sleep? Uh, oh, okay. Five stars. I the director's cut is, HBO has both. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got both. And when it came out, I bought the director's cut and it's getting like an extra hour. And it's, wow. I mean, it's really long, but man, is it worth it? I mean, yeah. there's so much stuff. And that film, um, like I said, it was my favorite movie. Well, if you remember our top films last year, that was my number mm-hmm. one. Uh, but anyway, it's, you know, if you, for some reason, if you live in a cave somewhere without cable and you've never seen this, I would encourage you to watch it. Yeah, go it. watch it. Um, but it, even if you're, even if you don't read the book, in mm-hmm. fact, better. If you don't read the book, you're going to love this movie. If you read the book, you're going to probably feel the same way about it that I do. Yeah. That it's got a lot of missing parts. But anyway, overall, it's Stanley Kubrick's movie is not about ghosts. It's not about a haunted hotel. It's about a guy going crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the story. The story is the hotel is haunted. Yeah. And that's why all the history is so important in the book that you don't get in the movie. So, I mean, they don't explain what any of the things are that he's seen you know the guy in the dog costume and you know blowing that guy i mean it's not you don't (laughs) none of that's explained and you're like what 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 are we looking at here you know um so i don't know anyway that's that's my opinion on it and i know that not everyone shares it but there it is i have never read the book i had someone read the book to me for probably like an hour at like a bed and breakfast in Elsa one year. It's a whole <laughs> random thing. We were, we were ended up being locked up in this room. And so it was like, here's a book. And it's yeah. like, well, let's hang out. Okay. You yeah. want to read this? And, but it was, I remember it being different than the movie, even yeah. from that, you know, sure. I don't know, seven, eight chapters or whatever yeah. that somebody read. Um, this one, I, I know I've heard different stats about this and I have no clue, but I, I've seen a video on this part. So I want to talk about it. It said, according to Shelley Duvall, the infamous here's Johnny scene took three days to film and use 60 doors. I know that That's there were, brick thing there i know that yeah so so i know that was ad-libbed yes and i know that there was a lot like there is a video of um who knows which take of them kind of like hyping jack nicholson up right before that scene Mm. and like you have a behind the scenes thing and i know that yeah kubrick uses tons of takes and stuff Mm. so i know that that scene was very very intense and then it's like it's planned out so well but then there's also ad-lib stuff and it's a big well it's gotta be miserable to make he yeah i think so too he used to like berate shelly duvall off camera and yell at her and and stuff just to make her you know fall apart like she does but the problem is is that's not wendy torrance Mm. that's not the character 
That's just the character tough. he wanted her to be. Yeah, she was tough and she was strong and, you know, um, she didn't wander around crying. But it, don't get me wrong. There's some great stuff in this yeah, movie. Yeah. I, I love the scene where he's, you know, sitting at his desk. I mean, everybody likes the, you know, when you see he's typing... All work and no play makes Jack a right. boy. But before that, when he's talking about when she comes in and interrupts him, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, if you if you if you hear if you come in here, and you hear me doing this, click <laughs> yes. click click, that means I'm working. Don't bother me. And if I'm not doing it, don't bother me anyway because I'm in here, you know. Such and so dick. there's some there's some great stuff in it, but it's just I don't know. It just it has no heart, you know. Yeah. It just doesn't. So, That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, the, moving on, let's go to our next one. So this is going to be The Fog. Uh, and the original, not the, the remake. Yes, the original. No. Um, then, un, So an unearthly fog uh, rolls into a small coastal town exactly 100 years after a ship mysteriously sank in its waters. Uh, so I did get to check this one out. Uh, this one, it did make me want to watch the remake. Um, I mean, it's not terrible. Because it's not I mean, terrible. It's, it's different. With, than with this one, I felt um, super dated. Super dated, yeah. and actually, I was watching it with somebody, and we were betting, like, okay, how much money do you think this thing costs? And I was like, well, 1980. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. Two years off Halloween. Right, so they're going to give him some budget, but mm-hmm. also I was like, you're not seeing, most of these people are in the shadows for a right. reason, and it's a right. horror movie, so well, I guess $2 million ended up being a million, but, oh, then really? the, but the promo ended up being, like, four times that okay. um, to, to promote all that. But you don't you don't see a lot of special effects or anything no, until kind and, of and the tail No, and that was kind end. of the point. I guess, originally, um, Rob Botin did the um, the makeup and stuff for this. Mm-hmm. Who was a protege of Rick Baker? All those all those special effects guys all kind of came out of the same bunch of people. Yeah, Stan yeah. Winston and all of them. And none of the makeup that they did for the um, the the pirates or not pirates, but the ship guys that returned yeah. didn't look right. So Carpenter decided to film it. Like backlit, right? And which which works. I mean, it, it does. The fog it stuff, does yeah. work with the fog. And I've always liked this movie. Um, I think that you know, it's it's you know, again, it's you know, Escape from New York cast Adrian Barbeau. He's you know, he works with a lot of the same <laughs> right. people, but and Jamie Lee Curtis. But and it was kind of cool because Jamie Lee and her mom. Were, Janet Lee were both in the movie, and that was kind of cool oh, to see okay. them acting together. I didn't even put it and, together. And you know, um, and and um, oh shoot, um, Hal Holbrook that plays the priest. Mm-hmm. I always like him, and I love Tom Atkins, yeah, uh, who played Nick Castle. I yeah. I just Tom Atkins just cracks me up. I. Um, I, I've watched a lot of interviews and I've heard some, you know, he'll do some commentary on some stuff and he's so funny and he loves to make fun of himself. Yeah. Um, I was watching, oh, was watching one of these shows and they were talking about night of the creeps, which, um, is, you know, is one that I would kind of include on the list if you were kind of looking for a comedy thing out of the eighties, mm-hmm. but he played a detective in it and he's just so funny. Yeah. Every time he picks up the phone, um, the phone just rings all the time and it became like a bit yeah. and he'd pick up the phone and he'd go thrill me like that and he's like this real tough you know hard-edged cop and that's a good one i just i've always liked him i just have always thought he was a a fun actor to watch in the 80s Mm -hmm. but um yeah so i i always liked this movie i enjoyed it i i'm a john carpenter fan i've got several of his films on this list yeah i mean the 80s were definitely his high point hell yeah Um, you know uh halloween halloween 2 not so much and he didn't like that one either but you know, and then you go through the '80s, and he does some really great stuff. Um, I rewatched 
which is not on this list, but I did rewatch They Live not very long ago. Uh-huh. That's the one with the glasses that they put in, and there's aliens that are here, and they're posing as politicians and things. Okay. And if you have these secret sunglasses that you put on, you can see their real face. Got and it. It's very, I mean, to watch it now, it's very, um, as it turns out, sort of, uh, it, it, it fits our our current political it's climate like, kind of like, thing. It's like, it's like a weird QAnon yeah, reptilian It is, kind it is. Of and it's all this, you know, the, all these, these, they've got all this advertising and billboards for things. And if you put the glasses on, you see that they say, obey, the subtext, submit, you know, and, but you can't see these things without these glasses. But, uh, you know, it's, um, it's uh, Keith David and, um, and Rowdy Roddy Piper, the wrestler who okay. died, oh, okay. who died pretty young. And um, my my only issue with this movie is like the 15 minute wrestling scene in the alley <laughs> when he's trying to make Keith David put on the glasses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I and watching and I always I'm like, I'm not watching that again. I don't want to watch that. So I decided to sit and time it the last time I watched just to see how long the wrestling yeah. scene really was. And all I kept thinking was, I can now, as as a, as an older adult watching this, right. when I was a kid, I was kind of like, you know, oh man, this is funny. But now I'm like, now I'm getting Roddy Piper's frustration here. <laughs> put the damn glasses on for just put them on for one minute. Right. You could take them off. Just put them on. <laughs> you know, I I'm now losing my shit over him not keep David not putting these glasses on. Right. So, What's the big deal? Put some glasses uh, but on. anyway, but. You know, we're, we're, we're skewing off from the fog, but we're four um, movies in. I think it's yeah, I think it's um, I think it's definitely a worthwhile 80s film yeah. that everyone should watch. And it is a it is. I mean, it's a ghost movie. It's a revenge movie. Um, it's um, yeah, it's it's worth watching. It's a good one. Yeah, I know that uh, I, I mentioned the stuff about the budget and everything, but yeah. I also know that the initial I didn't cut, know it was that small. Yeah, the initial cut also didn't have um, the like campfire scene in the very beginning explaining oh, yeah. everything, and then yeah. uh, they were able to go back and add some of that dialogue. With John in. Hausman, who at that point was like an Oscar winner and no, stuff, really? and the old guy was um, he'd been in stuff since the '40s. I huh. mean, he was a it was a big deal to get him as this Got one it. small character. In that, yeah, I'd, I do remember that when it came out. It was on the cover of my Fangoria. Well, there you that go. I was reading at the time. When so. I was watching this with somebody too, and they were like, "Okay, so you're just gonna like pick up a hitchhiker, and it's Jamie Lee Curtis, and then all of a sudden she's gonna just be down for this crazy ride." And I it was, was like, 1980. Well, I was like, first off, of course I would pick yes. up Jamie Lee Curtis right, in exactly. 1980. In 1980. And second, yeah. you go you go through some shit with somebody like you yeah. know you might what, what's sure. the alternative? Why she's not? Gonna, she's gonna run off like right. why, why not? You know, why see not? what happens. Yeah. Okay, moving on. So this is gonna be our uh, no sorry we have a couple more. For, or no, well, this is our last 1980. Okay, film. last and yes, last 1980. Uh, and yeah, if you don't know this movie, <sighs> well, and we had a bit of an argument. Not even an argument. Not even an we, argument. We, no, it was an argument Discussion. between us. Yes, it was an argument with the list. Should we even include this because the movie really isn't that good? Yes, but it's so groundbreaking that we kind of had to. Right. So Friday the Thirteenth, the original, the original, not the 900 sequels. No, yes, yeah. no, 1980. A group of camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp which was the site of a child's drowning and a grisly double murder years before so when i first got introduced to friday the 13th obviously this so this came out nine years before i was even born all i knew okay jason hockey right, mask right that's what the, everybody the knows. iconic stuff and then when i watched this movie for the first time i was like well wait a wait second. a minute yeah. uh and also yeah. like wait there's like burlap sacks and stuff or maybe that well, was the second and, one and i don't that's know that's the but, second one he's still no hockey mask but yeah. i was like 
spoiler alert, it's like, yeah. mom. Okay, yeah. so, yeah. so I think I think most people listening have seen the movie. Yeah, and I hope if so. you haven't, then I, I we apologize, but we're not really killing no. too much here. But, no, no, no. But you, you had know, to, we had to include it. It's so iconic. Well, it, it is, and it, it was. You know, we're we're at the beginning of the you know the slasher era, and you know this was the movie that really started to at least with the critics. Not with audiences, but this with the critics, this is what started to give Slasher's bad name. Mm. Because this movie is essentially just, let's see how we can kill these people. Yeah. And it 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 sort of invented, not invented, but really enhanced the whole idea of the final girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who, you know, is the the virginal girl who I mean, well, just like Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is the same way. Sure. But this really embraced it and made it popular with audiences. And Critics hated this movie. Mm -hmm. They hated it. And they just, not only did they savage the movie, but Betsy Palmer, who plays Jason's mother mm -hmm. in it, they really let her have it because she was kind of a classical stage actress. And oh. now she's playing this character in this horrible movie. And, you know, it's not horrible. It's it actually, I, I rewatched this not that long ago just for fun. Yeah. And um, it's really not, it's not great, obviously. I mean, I saw it in theaters but when it came out. there are worse movies. There are definitely a lot worse movies than this one. And the first one is actually, I mean, you know, it has a twist ending when mm -hmm. it turns out that it's, you know, it's the mom. And then, of course, you have that final scene where, you know, the rotted corpse the, yeah, of the, the little kid, Jason comes uh, out of the and then for whatever gross. reason they decided to bring him back to life yeah. in part two yeah, and the girl you know stuff. Alice doesn't survive beyond the first five minutes of part two but she made it all the way through this and you know if for any other reason this is also a movie that you can uh, put on your list because it's a very early Kevin Bacon movie oh yeah so, you know, he gets the arrow through the throat after yes. having sex of course yeah well yeah of course the campers were you know weren't they having sex or something when well, Jason yeah. drowned isn't that how he, it yes, goes. he only yeah. kills the horny ones. Right, right. Um also my old roommate used to date Kevin Bacon's daughter. So if you're playing that game, yeah, you're, you what, just got a step yeah, closer did. to That's Kevin right. Bacon. Um, That's right. So I mean, I'm I am surprised. I know it was definitely a different time, but I'm surprised that this I, I guess they probably change things for the second one because they were probably like oh shit we didn't well, know we how get yeah well because um, sequels were a hot thing then too right and so you definitely a movie that made this kind of money for yes. like a budget of nothing so yeah so yeah, they five, wanted to keep it going budget of five hundred fifty thousand, and it made oh, 39 man. million yeah um, in, in 1980 in 1980 so yeah. that's over that's, just over three billion no i'm kidding um, but, i don't know what it is but, but it is a lot it so. is a lot and again those numbers are probably not quite right but i bet they're damn they're near close. accurate the yeah, yeah the, the scope of them um, okay, are we done with 1980? Yes, we're going to move on to 1981. Okay, we're going to move on. 1981, The Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead, and we'll talk a lot about different Evil Deads, but yes. this is the original 1981 yes. Evil Dead. So five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. Yeah, they unknowingly do it, but, right. like, but come on. Right. Well, in the first one, um, you know, the first one is, you know, this, this is the, you know, this movie came out, you know, these guys made it on a shoestring yep. in the woods in Michigan. A bunch of buddies got together, made this movie, came out in the theater, and it was actually Stephen King who went to see it. Now, mm -hmm. you remember the 80s, Stephen King was, I mean, he's still popular, obviously, yeah. but he was really starting to take off in the 80s, and he gave this his stamp of approval, and then everybody had to see it. Yeah. And it started playing in, you know, uh, what they what they charmingly called in the 80s, urban theaters. Oh, and boy. Then oh, they, boy. Um, they started playing at drive-ins and stuff. But the first one, the first Evil Dead movie, the original, the 1981, is not played for laughs. 
at all. Mm -hmm. It's a deathly serious movie. And I remember, um, I believe I saw Evil Dead 2, which, uh, let's just jump ahead. And that is on our 1987 list. And I'm pretty sure I saw it first, or maybe not. But I do remember Evil Dead 2, uh, which uh, I, I said is on our list, is essentially just a remake of the original yep. but with money yep. and the three stooges yeah, i yeah. mean it essentially is it's it's played as comedy horror mm-hmm. the first one is not and yeah. i found uh, you know growing up when i saw the first one uh, i thought it was i thought it was really scary really i thought it was scary when i saw it i mean it was something completely different mm-hmm. you know we we've become so jaded since then and you know the 2009 um remake is so it is balls to the wall and it is not played for comedy at all so and it's terrifying i have that it's a I, great movie i did a video for cinema win about the the scariest horror movies of all time and i have that evil dead as number two on my list yeah. and i think so good. now i'm wondering maybe i conflated the original evil dead and evil dead 2 because i said the original was more campy and now no, no, i'm it's now the way around and now yeah. i'm thinking compared to the 2009 one sure. but now i'm thinking maybe i was conflating evil dead and evil dead 2 on that because i was yeah. like this one like that one was kind of yeah this laugh one this bit. one is not played for laughs and it is is meant to be scary but it's so cheap yeah maybe that, then, well that could that's also part of the problem is yeah. that the the special effects are 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 literally homemade yeah. special effects. Yeah. So it looks cheap, but yet, like I said, it's not played for laughs at all. It's meant to be frightening, and I think it works. The second one is more played for laughs. Right. And obviously they were given a lot more money to make the second one because the special effects don't suck. Yes. Um, There's a few times they're kind of like the woman <laughs> dancing around out in the woods. It's kind of lame. Looks like a puppet because it is yes. kind of thing. But the the remake the the 2009 Evil Dead though I that's one I rewatch about once a year I love it I do too it's, it's just so good blood. and it is just uh. you know it is just nonstop horror and you know who the girl is in that who plays the one the sister they're trying to um, you know get off drugs it's the girl that's in Zoe's uh, wonderful playlist or whatever that show is that's on NBC, the musical show, which is a lot of fun. I have no but idea what yeah, you're talking it's, about. It's, but a, it's actually a pretty fun that's show. That's funny. And it's the same girl. Jane Levy plays that uh-huh. character in that. Yeah. And I thought, because I was looking to see what else has she been in? And then yeah. I'm like, Evil Dead? And I'm like, oh, God, Who that's is, the yeah. sister. You know, the one that's, that's sick. I spent a day um, one time just watching all the extras on the 2009 Evil Dead um, and they talked about how like it, they recorded it over like or they filmed it over like I think thirty nights like it was never any days yeah. and they talk about all the stuff they had to go Grim. through and all the the fake blood and yeah. just like chainsaw to the face scene oh yeah. it's just it's so yeah, good it is so good and you know and I I like I like all of them in different ways yeah I mean part two is fun just because Bruce Campbell's funny mm-hmm. so he's fun oh, he's to amazing. watch Army of Darkness is funny just what? because mm-hmm. which is an unofficial I guess yes you know Evil Dead but I mean it is it's the next step in yeah. the evolution but and it's funny you know, we're, we're um, doing a, a Twitter watch party of Army of Darkness on, on Wednesday. So if you can go back in time two days um, um, or check oops, my Twitter feed, right. um, check it out because I've seen bits and pieces <laughs> of it, but I've never seen the oh, whole really? thing. So oh, it's we're going to live tweet it for Cinema Blend. And um, yeah. I'm really excited because it's it's kind of ridiculous. It's just fun. Yeah, it is. It's not it's not meant to be serious either. But anyway, but as far as horror films went, when this came out, it was uh, it was it was a groundbreaking film. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody had put anything out quite like this. It was 
really original. I mean, since then, how many movies have we seen about a group of friends that go to a cabin in the woods? Right. I mean, including cabin a cabin in the, the woods, woods, which um, I also love. All yeah, me too. But all all because of this, yeah. you know, all because of this movie. So yeah, and again, I don't don't know if this is accurate, but I, I would imagine it probably is close enough. But it says the cabin used as the film set was also lodging for 13 crew members with several people sleeping in the same room. Living conditions were terrible. The crew frequently argued. The cabin didn't have plumbing, so the actors went days without showering, fell ill frequently in the freezing weather. By the end of production, they were burning furniture to stay warm. I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle there, but I know, like you said, they I had, think it was no pretty money. bad. Everything yeah. I've read, it was pretty bad. Oh, so. man. Well, that's great. Okay, well, moving on. So our next one, our next movie from 1980 is American Werewolf in London. So two American college students on a walking tour of Britain are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. This is one I put on a short list and I asked Troy, I was like, hey, I only have a little bit of time for a couple more. What should I do? And this was the first one you told me I to do. watch. I went with a different one. I've heard of this forever. Oh, I think I think I'm I was. Sorry, inter- you haven't seen it. You, well, you should try I, and watch it. Um, I think when I was you introduced to the. I could really like it. I think I was introduced maybe in the beginning of American Werewolf in like Paris or one of the remakes. Oh, was like yeah, the first one the, I ever. The Paris, yeah, the, re, the the sequel sort of sequel isn't very good. Yeah, but, but tell me about this one because you, you the original highly the original it. is it's uh, it's really good and it was really a novel idea at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Landis who had and this has got a lot of comedy elements to it too but on the other hand it's brutal yeah it's really brutal and john landis who had done uh the blues brothers and animal house and kentucky fried movie and that some of that kind of stuff did this and it is a horror film and it's as you said it's about these two guys that are on a hike uh, across the moors and get attacked by a werewolf uh one of them griffin dunn is killed david naughton is wounded and then becomes a werewolf and uh, Griffin Dunn keeps coming back from the dead to visit his friend. I mean, he or at least he's seeing him yeah. coming back to visit him. And each time he comes back, he's a little more decayed than he was the last time. Nice. And it really becomes funny. Really? I mean, it's really funny. And they combine a lot of music with it, you know, like Blue Moon and, you know, Bad Moon on the Rise sure. and all this stuff. So there are comedy elements to it. But the transformation was in 1981 like nothing anyone had seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was done, it wasn't like the, you know, if you watch the the Wolfman from the 1940s and, you know, it's done, you could see where the camera stopped right. and they kept applying makeup. Uh, in this, it's, it's, it's seamless and it's none of it's digital. It was all mm-hmm. practical effects. Rick Baker mm-hmm. um, won in the first Special Effects Academy Award for this movie. It was the very first. Yeah, yeah. But, and it's done in a brightly lit room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is, and it, it looks real i mean and it for the first time you see someone transforming into a monster and it looks like it really really hurts Mm -hmm. i mean he is it's ripping him apart as it does it and it's it's pretty amazing yeah and there's some great scenes of downtown london and um yeah it's a good movie and i i think a a lot of people probably have seen it but if you haven't Mm -hmm. uh seek it out i mean it's it's gonna be it's the early 80s it's all this stuff is gonna be a little dated sure there's no way to avoid it but at least the good part about it is it's all pre-cell phone, so we don't have to worry about any of that. Right. So when we get back into the '80s, we're in safe territory. So <laughs> my, you know, my, you know, that's my my big pet peeve is that horror films should always be either pre-cell phones or your cell phone doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Because if you I have a cell phone, <laughs> it ruins the movie. So yeah. that's a very good point. And yeah, Troy took my my fun fact, but yeah, it was the first film to earn oh. an Academy Award for Best Makeup, and that category was also created in 1981. But yeah. still, well, I think um, it was created. For this, probably film because like, they got to like, reward it. We got to give this guy an award. This is amazing. 
So that's awesome. Okay, so this is uh, going to be our last film from 1981. So this is My Bloody Valentine, the original, a decades-old folktale surrounding a deranged murderer killing those who celebrate Valentine's Day. It turns out to be true to legend when a group defies the killer's orders and people start turning up dead. This is probably one of the last ones I got to watch. Um, and I, I Did mentioned- you not care for it? I, I, I don't. I, I, so I thought it seemed like two different movies. We kind of talked about this mm-hmm. before, um, but before they go into the mine and then yeah, at, while sure. they're in the mine. And it kind of is. And I uh, like the mine stuff. Um, yeah. I thought I, I was very surprised, though, because the two different movies seemed almost like two different directors or two different like time <laughs> periods. Because in the beginning, I was just like, OK, typical like slap ass uh, 80s horror movie sure. thing. There's some like. Uh, blatantly sexist, misogynistic jokes. Nineteen eighty-one grab ass yeah. stuff. Yeah, grab ass stuff. And, you know, with these guys and these miners and right, right. And then know. and then they go down to the mine and then and there's sh- no one in it you've ever heard of. There's no oh, one yeah. recognizable in no, the movie. Not I, at all. I believe it's a Canadian film. I mean, there's nobody oh, okay. you know here. And then yeah, shit starts going crazy though. But once it did, it was it was it yeah. was fun. It I was find a lot of fun. It, yeah, I agree with you on this. Um, and but the the killer is very effective. The the mm-hmm. costume is effective. Yeah. The, you know the the way the murders are done. And this was you know as we were talking about a few minutes ago, when we were talking about Friday the Thirteenth. We're we're starting to move into the you know what I guess you would call the golden age of slasher films. Mm-hmm. But this movie is a little different because it's not. Yes, there are lots of scenes of. You know, just how to inventive ways to kill people, yes. but it's a little better than average. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it's. I, I mean, there's so many slasher films, and this one's just a little bit better. I loved the uh, the kill in the shower where puts her With head the pipe, through the pipe. And yeah, and she, I was like, down. she's a fountain. Yeah, now. I know, like, I know. That I know. was That's a good one. So. Yeah, that was amazing. But and there is a, there is a remake of this one came out in 2009. Yes. one of the guys from Supernatural uh, or in Super, the lead. Well, there's and the guy from isn't McLovin from Super Bad also. Oh, is like, he in that too? Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, he's in Fright Night. That's oh, uh, that's we'll, oh, that, we'll, that's Fright Night. Okay, that's we'll, get, Night. we'll no, get to it's, that. No, it's um, it's Jamie King and Jensen Eccles who yeah, plays one of those handsome one of the of one bitches, of the guys yeah. from yeah, um, and it's and Tom Atkins is in it, so that's oh, okay. a good plus. Right. He plays the sheriff, but I uh, I watched that not very long ago, and you know what? It's not bad, mm-hmm. but it was made in, to be in three D. Oh, I so remember. Now I remember if you watch it at home, there's some real lame, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, look, touch flies at the camera. You know, yeah. you're like, oh man, come on. Uh, it's so painfully obvious that it was, you know, flying 3D stuff, and it's, it's, forget. It's kind of like the remake of Friday the Thirteenth with the other brother from Supernatural. The the he was, Pilecki guy is yeah, in. Is Jared in yeah, he's in the remake of Friday the 13th, which I think came out the same year. Interesting. Um, and, you know, both of them are watchable, but forgettable. Yeah. And Friday the 13th completely reinvents Jason, compl- which sure. it needed to. Right. And, it, and again, it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It's it's watchable, but it's not something that you're going to, you know, 40 years later, like this, the original My Bloody Valentine, you're going to go, yeah, I'm going to put that on a list for the oh, 80s because there was some scary stuff there. And it me. was original for the time. Yeah. And now we're, you know, we look at it and we go, oh, you know. Right. Well, when I was prioritizing some of the things on this list, when I realized, like, I, I don't have, I, I can't make it all work, I did um, take into consideration if things had remakes and reboots and stuff. Because yeah. I was like, okay, if people loved it enough then that studios are willing to take another gamble on it, right. you know, then I'll prioritize that above something else, which who knows if that was the right decision to make or not, but I definitely took it into consideration. And I remember, um, yeah, that was, that was one of them. 
Uh, are we ready to move 1982. on? 1982. 1982, let's talk about Poltergeist. Which I think we have. We I have. Mean, I mean, we've talked about that in our ghost episode. We and did. We don't have to get super deep into this again, but I rewatched this again not very long ago. In fact, I watched um, the first two. Okay. Um, the second one I remembered as being a lot scarier than it turned out to be. I mm-hmm. think mostly because that Julian McMahon, the guy that played the, uh, the preacher. Yeah, yeah. It was so scary. It was so scary, but uh-huh. the movie really isn't that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the movie's not so hot. Um, but this first one still works. I mean, it's completely over the top, but it's got some good stuff in it. Uh, but I mean, you're always going to watch it and go, oh, "Look, it's the dad. For, it's the guy from Coach." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't help it. But I mean, and I like Craig D. Nielsen. Craig but D. Nielsen. It's yes. a it's a good movie, um, and it it does it does really work. And I'm always going to put it high on my list of ghost films. Mm-hmm. Um, so it. It had to make the list. Yeah. Um, now, have you seen the the remake? I have. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. It's got a good cast. It's so well. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like the Friday the Thirteenth and My Bloody Valentine. Sure. It's okay. Right. The cast is fine. The movie's okay for what it is. But like right at the beginning, they give away the fact that it's built on a burial ground. They well, don't. Yeah. That's, it's like part of the plot that rather such than, a huge you know, thing. And that's such, it was such a big reveal in the original. Right. One. But I guess because that trope had been done to death by 2015 when they put out the remake. Yeah. You know, but like I said, I watched it. And I mean, I just watched it again recently because I like Sam Rockwell, mm-hmm. and that was like oh, Sam Rockwell is so underrated. Yeah, too, that was like with well, a reason right there to watch it if for no other reason. Yeah, and yeah, it's um, it's it's okay. I, I mean, wonder it's just okay. Do, I wonder how you would feel about these things like Friday the Thirteenth and, and Poltergeist if these were originals now and you didn't have anything nostalgia tied <sighs> yeah, up. I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's a terrible question to even, ask. Yeah, but, but you know the thing about Poltergeist, it's not even a nostalgia thing for me because while I I do really like the original, it's never been like one of my favorite movies mm. ever. Okay, and it's I put it in the it's a really good ghost movie, and that's where I put it in the category, but. I don't normally put it on a list of anything that I just think is phenomenal. Fair I enough. mean, it's good, but um, I don't know. Something about it doesn't. I don't. I don't know what it is. Just I wonder something what... about it bothers me. So, but this the, the remake was just so forgettable that yeah. I just don't. You know, I don't know. I wonder why it's so, like, why it's has such a cult following now, then, or why it seems know. so important. I, I guess then. it well, it was such a when it came out, it was really original, and there was nothing like that i mean mm-hmm. there were no there hadn't been any ghost movies in years not not really good ones yeah um since you know if you want to count ghostbusters i wouldn't count that as a ghost movie but <laughs> we you talked can. about it we considered you it. know um it's not a horror film but it is you know it's funny it's ghost stuff and you know we're we're talking about that's going to come out in a couple of years after poltergeist and i'm sure it had some influence on it but i don't know man i really don't i um you know, the Steven Spielberg thing, I think, is probably a big part of it. Mm-hmm. It's why, it, you know, it got it made such a big splash. But I, I'm I'm I put it on this list for sure. But I'm never going to call it one of my favorite movies. I'm yeah. just not. I, I wanted fair. to, but I'm not. So. That's fair. And the fun fact I'll bring up about this one. I'm mostly doing this because of our recent um, Hollywood episodes about theaters and ratings and things so this film was originally given an r rating at the time but the filmmakers protested successfully yeah. got a pg rating because pg-13 wasn't hadn't, a thing hadn't come out yet and it so, would be another year or so before pg-13 right so they yeah they had to kind of pick between those two yeah. so it makes sense why pg-13 was invented i guess uh but yeah this was one of the ones to help do that so 
Moving on, we're going to go to 1982's The Thing. A research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. I had never seen this. Really? I loved it. You're kidding me. Um, oh, God, I'd, I've seen this. I don't... I'd heard of 25, it. 25, 30 times. I'd I heard love of, this movie. I'd heard of it a thousand times. Um, immediately, I was like, is this Kurt Russell? Like, what, what yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. Um, and I, I love this. I thought that the special effects were insane. Yeah. Um, again, all practical effects. Yeah, yeah. Robo team. Practical again. effects, yeah. Um, it was uh, upsetting in parts, especially because they used stuff like dogs and things. Uh-huh. I was, it was very like kind of. It was tough to watch, but I was like, okay, yeah, this is like you know John such Carpenter. A good movie. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. I love this movie. Thank you for making yeah. me watch yeah. it. Yeah, and it actually, awesome. this is a remake. Did you know that the original, the thing from outer space, came out in the fifties? Oh, okay. No, I didn't even put that monster together. Monster is they they. This is more like the the story who goes there that John Bowen wrote, and this is more like that story. Mm-hmm. But in the fifties, you couldn't do this kind of thing, so it was just an alien they found in an ice block, played by uh, James Arnaz, who used to play Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke, no the shit. western that yeah. he plays the monster in it. So, but so yeah, this is actually a remake, but far superior to the original. Okay, you know, obviously. Uh, but yeah, the special effects in this are insane, and the the gore and the and the. But it's so clever, and it's so filled with. It makes you so paranoid. Yeah. Like the scene when they're, you know, when they're testing the, the blood, blood with yeah. the hot wire, and then when it flies it out of his hand, yeah. you know, um, which is funny because I was just reading. I, I did. I wasn't even doing research. I just ran across something about the thing. Um, if you watch that really closely. Um, that's a fake hand holding the petri dish. Oh, that's not okay. really Kurt Riddle, Kurt Russell's <laughs> hand. And then he his real hand puts the wire in, and then of course it goes that makes and explodes. Sense. It's a special effect. That's but, amazing. Um, and then you know when uh, you know he's always having a heart attack. He's having a heart attack. It's not him. He's he's so so stressed out. He's having a heart attack. Yeah. And then his chest opens up and eats the guy's arms. Yes. And you're like, wow, what just happened? Yeah. You know, no, but this what was a great awesome. movie. And that is, um, you know, that was John Carpenter again in his prime. And, you know, you, this is, he always talks about this being one of his like apocalypse trilogy, uh-huh. uh, this and they live and, uh, Prince of Darkness, which we'll also talk about, um, all end on a note, especially this one and Prince of Darkness, or... they end on a note of, uh, there's no way out of this, you yeah. know, so um, was... like the ending of this movie. Can we talk about it? Cause a, I have there's questions. There's a secret. There's a secret that you have to know to watch for, and you know which one of them is the alien, but you have to watch for it. Do we, he didn't tell anybody this for like 25 years. Do we want to talk about Because I don't know this. I'm, do you think no, it's better for um, me let, to... Why don't, we, why don't I tell you off the podcast? Okay. And then, that way, and then if anybody who's watching this has a question, then they can ask us what the secret is. Okay. But John Carpenter... Uh, about five years or so ago, said, "I can't believe people missed this." I kind of want to watch it Because everybody wants to know who's the alien. Is it Kurt Russell or is it Keith David? Yeah, you know, the, everybody wants to know, and they've been asking him, and he never would say. And then about five years ago, he was kind of like, "I can't believe you're asking me this. It's so obvious." I kind of want to watch it again now and see if I can and figure once, it out. Once you know what the secret is, then you're like, "Oh yeah, okay." Because it totally was, makes sense. Well, as I saw it ending, and the, the, you know, they're sitting there shooting the shit or whatever uh-huh. and I was like wait is this really just how this is gonna yep, go down that's and I, how it ends and I love that they both die yeah, because I, you know there's no way off or does the alien die? does well, the cold sure. really affect it it's yeah. been on Antarctica for you know what um, they say 30,000 years some or something under time. the ice so you know it's probably going to survive but at least it can't get to the rest of the world because it's human source is gone right um, now they did a 
did you see the it's and it's not a remake the thing that they did the, a few years ago that was um Mm-hmm. In 2011, it is a prequel. It's about the um, Scandinavian base. Oh, about shit. what okay. happened there. And there's like two Americans who are there with all the Scandinavians. And, the ones that um, cut it out of the ice and stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, actually, you know, I thought this is going to suck. I mean, why are they doing this? And then I watched it. And it's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like the cast. Joel Edgerton and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in it. Um, and some there's some um, Scandinavian actors who I've watched in a lot of shows. So it's actually really good. Um, and it, but it's it's kind of like you know it's like all those early Star Wars movies. I already know what happens. Yeah. You know. You know how it's so going to end. At we least. know how we know how it's going to end. But it's actually really good. But it's modern special effects, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't quite gel sure i mean i watched you know i, I decided i'm going to watch both movies i'm going to watch this one first because it's the prequel and you're like wow these special effects are great and then it goes Go on to the, to the other ones and uh, wow they're really cool for practical effects from the 80s yeah mm, doesn't look quite the same does as it, 2011 does but it end, it's worth watching does it though. end with kurt russell's helicopter like yeah. coming down well, it ends with the chasing the dog across oh, the, the dog okay. across the snow right yeah you know, okay i guess that, yeah that's that, how it ends yeah that, that's amazing um okay <laughs> let's move on yeah we better move on right so we're going to move on to a couple of Stephen King titles. We are. Yeah. 1983, um, moving on to Cujo. 1983. Yes. Okay. So sorry. 1983 Cujo. So Cujo, a friendly St. Bernard, contracts rabies and conducts a reign of terror in a small American town. So I'd heard of most of these movies we're about to talk about, the Stephen King era and all that. Um, can I just say, I thought this one was boring. Really? Just too much in the same spot? Yeah. Now, see, I think, is, I think this really works um, because that's a tough book to adapt Sure. And what they've done is take like a microcosm of the uh, out of the book mm-hmm. and make it this, you know, but they did change the ending. They did a lot of things with it, but I, I think it's effective. I think D. Wallace is really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid's okay, but I, I just thought it was, um, I thought it was well done. And it is, um, you know, kind of a sequel to uh, The Dead Zones, same town, Castle Rock. And uh, that's the same sheriff, well, same character mm-hmm. is the sheriff who ends up being mauled by the dog. Spoiler alert. Yep. Um, but I, I, I like this movie. I think it. I think you don't have to be. It's like one of those movies where you don't have to have read the Stephen King book to make it work. Yeah. And uh, I think it's good. Um. And you know, let's just jump ahead to the next one that's on the list, yeah, which yeah. is Christine. We can talk about them both at the same time. And there are things about, but. In my opinion, 1983 was not a stellar year, so we ended up with, you know, a couple of movies that are just okay. Sure. Um, I think. I mean, they're both worth watching, Cujo and Christine. Neither one is so phenomenal that you just, oh my God, I can't wait to watch that again. But this is a John Carpenter movie, uh, but it's not like any of the other Carpenter movies on this list Mm -hmm. because he was working off someone else's story. And so it um, doesn't move quite the same way, but I I like the movie. I like the special effects. I like the stuff with the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean I like it. I, I mean I do like this movie, and it was worth putting on the list. But I don't. Did you you watch this right? But you didn't Cujo? love it. No, a uh, Christine. Oh, Christine. So or I watched, either I, one. I watched both. both. So I watched. Talk Cu- about both. I watched Cujo and Christine. Um, so fun stuff about the Cujo thing. Uh, apparently they. They use five St. Bernards were used, one mechanical head, and a guy in a dog costume. Have you ever seen any of those pictures, the behind the scene pictures? You got to look them up. You got to go. Are they ridiculous? Oh, they're hilarious. Uh, with the guy with the big 
St. Bernard oh dog my gosh. thing on is hilarious. I'll have to check so, that out. Apparently, yeah. they would just put the dog's it toys. really takes you out of the. <laughs> no, they put the dog's toys in the car and they would taunt them with it to get him to like try yeah. to attack the car. Yeah. Um, and then, then because I thought that's what you're talking about, but then Christine, um, I actually like Christine more than I liked Did Cujo. Yeah. Um, but th- apparently, again, didn't fact check the IMDb facts, but Stephen King's popularity was such at the time that the film went into production before the book was even published, yeah, which I believe. True. I believe it's it, true. right? Yeah, it is true. Yeah. Uh, because they knew it would be a bestseller. Yeah. You know, so that, and means- actually this isn't one of my favorite books really? of his. Yeah. I actually, I hate to say this, but I, I really almost like the movie better than the book in this oh, particular case. Really? And you know, I'm a Stephen King fan sure. and, um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's never been a favorite of mine, the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie is kind of a shortcut into the story, but I guess I think the, the actors are good in it and they, they fit the part, right? You know, they, they fit the parts. And well, so Christine, know. just for anybody who doesn't know, it's a nerdish boy buys a strange car with an evil mind of its own. His nature starts to change to reflect it. Yeah. The kid, the kid starts to become kind of cool. He's an asshole, right, but he, right, but he right, goes right. from a nerd. Right. He goes from cool. like a complete nerd to like some kind of fifties, you know, something somebody pointed out. We were watching Christine. <laughs> they're like why is this nerd's mom getting so mad at his friend like yeah. for like he's yeah. like wait you like you let him buy this car yeah, he's right, like right you know i guess it's probably like it's kind of like your mom too if you're the best friend or whatever but he's yeah. like hey i tried to stop the nerd uh-huh. from buying the car right, right um and also this had the quintessential uh bully with a switchblade oh sure in it sure. and uh which i stephen king right out yeah of, yeah you know, stephen king stuff for this time period so I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, moving on to our last film from 1983, this is <laughs> One Dark Night. Okay, well, first let me let me yes. let me defend myself okay. for the inclusion of One Dark Night. Okay, um, this is one of those movies that I have um, a soft spot for why for is, some why reason. Is that? I, I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I just for whatever reason really liked it it is so corny mm-hmm. um and it's um you know it's one of the tilly sisters meg the the less annoying one um, <laughs> right. and then a lot of people that no one has ever seen before except for um except for adam west you know who played batman in the 60s batman plays, yeah he did. um plays uh, has a has small part in it and it's just a weird it's a cheap it was such a cheap movie, and it's just so... I don't know what it is about this movie. I just really liked it, and I've always remembered it. See, that's the thing. Okay, it's yeah, stuck it's with me after all these years, and I think mostly because we used to make fun of it, you know? Mm. And then... So I saw it pop up on you know some streaming service recently, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch that again. Yeah. It's got to be horrible. I know I'm going to hate it. I did, and I sat through the whole thing. Except I remembered, and they're filming it in this old mausoleum where it's like this this psychic guy dies, and he's like some kind of evil, you know, sorcerer guy or something. And when he dies, and they bury him, and this electricity starts coming off his body and brings dead people in the mausoleum back to life. And these girls are trapped in there because they're doing like some kind of sorority dare or yeah. something. They get locked in and they're trapped in there with these reanimated dead bodies. And it's, you know, and but I remembered it being like a whole herd of zombies. It, there's like four. <laughs> and it's like they couldn't afford anymore. Right. You know, and it's just, I don't know what it is about this movie that I've always remembered it. And so when I thought, you know what, I'm putting together this 80s list, 
I'm going to put it on there, even though it's, God knows, not one of the best movies of the 80s. But yeah. I, I've got a couple of these on here that I have soft spots for, and this is one of them. So here it is on the list. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. uh, so this is one I didn't get to watch. Uh, so that's why I love hearing you, you talk about it. <laughs> the fun fact I have is Meg Tilly was incredibly uncomfortable in the actual mausoleum. Her reactions to her surroundings were often genuine. During the scenes where she was hysterical, she actually did throw herself into hysterics, and it took her a while after each take to calm herself <laughs> back down, which has my attention. Right, um, sure. Already. Um, so I'll, I'm going to have to check that one out. So we're done with 1983. Let's move on to 1984 with Children of the Corn. A young couple is trapped in a remote town where a dangerous religious cult of children believes that everyone over the age of 18 must be killed. Um, so this is another one that really started something. I guess oh, God, not like 80 sequels yeah, to this movie. And, and in my and head, I don't understand why. In my head, though, if you were like, hey, name popular horror franchises yeah. from back then, I would say Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. I would probably forget Children of the Corn, even though I know there's a ton of those. I know. But I don't know why. Maybe it's because we maybe it's because we haven't had a remake in a long time. I guess. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing this. And there was, they actually did remake this for TV. Yes. That, uh, do you I, remember that? that? I do remember. Yeah. And it was, it was just so... Um, so nothing. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was so uneventful. And I don't know why this movie, I, I, if I see it still on, if I sit on cable and I'm flipping through channels, I'll mm-hmm. stop and watch some. Really? I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the, the characters, it's, it was a Stephen King short story and the characters in the short story are awful, mm-hmm. horrible people mm-hmm. hate each other. And they're on this trip across country in the, you know, in the movie they're singing and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's Peter Horton who at that time was in, um, 30 something. And, you know, uh, Linda Hamilton, I think was just, or was just making the Terminator. Terminator I don't right. think she's done much at that point, you know, before that. But, um, I think that one of the things that always worked for me is I, I always thought the, the kid that plays Malachi was terrifying That's looking the, the, the redhead, redhead guys yeah. so scary looking yeah. looks and like then punk. john franklin that, that played isaac, isaac yeah. who at the time was like 30 when he, was, he, was, he was 24 this, but he had like a he has like some kind of uh an issue with his kidneys or something that some, makes him yeah. look younger than he is uh but i thought he did a good i don't know it just it's the ending is bad. The the, yeah. the, the he who rock, walks behind the rose is a big letdown. Sure. Because it's a cartoon, you know, that comes up and, you know, is got big eyes. You're right. But other than that, I just have always enjoyed this movie. I just think it's, I don't know. I, I think you could really do something. In the right hands, this story could be a movie that would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, as it is. Especially for me. Yeah, as it is, 1984, it's, it is what it is. It's yeah. a time period. I still like it. I enjoy it. Um, it's it makes my list because it just, I, it, again, it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So I and I still like it. I still watch it, and so it, it did stick with me. But I think in the right hands, I mean, the remake didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if somebody did this and really made this cult the way it is in the story, yeah, holy crap, this yeah. would be good. I've always liked this one. Um, I'm surprised that nobody's taken a, a run at it in a while because um, it is pretty terrifying. Again, the little kids and stuff creep me out. Well, and we're the, you know I, we're in a Stephen King renaissance now, so it's probably so bound to happen. It, it could happen. I'm sure so. scripts are getting tossed probably, around and things. Probably. Um, yeah, but the guy that plays Isaac is yeah John Franklin. Uh, definitely always creep me out but it's always made me wonder too it's like this is kind of like a meme and stuff we've, we've talked about it, but 
how many kids could you beat up at the same time? If they, if they were really coming <laughs> yeah. at you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but they've got, like, giant they, corn knives they, they, and they sides, sides and stuff, yeah. you know? It's, they have farm tools. It, it's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, farm tools are scary. Just, so. Yeah, but it definitely makes me wonder... Um, Oh God, I'd be in the double digits, but I can't. I can't talk about felonies like that on here. So we'll move on to the the next one. So we're gonna go to an, another classic, which started something you know bigger than we ever would have thought. We're gonna go on to the original Nightmare on Elm Street. So the monstrous spirit of a slain child murderer seeks revenge by invading the dreams of teenagers whose parents were responsible for his untimely death. There's a lot we can talk about with all these. There is, um, and you know this first one. It was not you know it. And he did have some kind of smart, assy kind of lines, uh-huh. but it wasn't played for laughs. It, yeah. The first one is was when it came out, it was actually scary. Yeah. Um, I saw it. I the first time I did not see this in the theater. The first time I saw it was on a, a rental videotape. A mm. uh, girl I was dating at the time lived out in the country, and I had gone out to her house and we watched this. And when it was over. I had to ride home on my motorcycle at like 1130 at night and I'm riding down the road between two rows of corn, which is, you know, kind of harkens back to our last show, but I'm riding down the road and there is, and the only people that will understand this are people who grew up in the country, but there is a seed corn sign on the side of the road uh, that advertises the kind of seed that had been used to plant this field and it's metal and the headlights of my motorcycle hit that reflective sign and all I could picture is that scene where Freddy Krueger's walking down the alley and his arms get real long oh, yeah. and he's scratching the sides with the claw, yeah. you know, the, the gloves. And uh, I almost wrecked my motorcycle. Oh, I'm not kidding. I, it startled me so bad. Um, so I think the first one of these, and you can you can move on from there, and there are some some redeeming qualities with some of this stuff. The third one is good. The first one and the third one are the best. Mm-hmm. After that, they really start to get stupid. Um, you know, I, I think there's just so many dumb things in, you know, when he becomes like a comedian, you know, kind of stuff. I don't know. It just gets dumb. There's a, so there's a podcast, uh, called Doughboys that I love. It's a podcast about chain restaurants and I don't even like, I don't even like food, but it's a comedy podcast. It's hilarious. And they make a lot of Freddie jokes, and they t- they they talk about how ridiculous it gets. Because he's like, "Can we talk about what it would be like if Freddy Krueger walked into um, uh, this like Jewish deli they're talking about?" And he's like, "Pastrami on die, bitch!" And yeah, it's like, yeah. Because yeah. he does that kind of. I know. Stuff and, I mean, and all of it. I mean, even the, the 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 stunts and the special effects, like the one where somebody turns into a pizza or something. Yeah. And he's like uses one of his claws to pick off a pepperoni and with I a know face much on it or pizza. something. I'm like, this is stupid. Yes. You know, I mean, it gets so dumb. And then, you know, like Roseanne driving the bus and one, yeah. and, one and it's just like, what in the hell is going on? Well, and also, it got so far away from what it was supposed to be. And so, so, okay. And maybe you can correct me, but I know in the original versus like the remake and stuff in, in one of uh, them, the wasn't, in one of them, wasn't he actually innocent? And the other one, he's actually like yeah, a child I, murderer. I think, or, well, yeah, they talked about him being a child murderer um, in the I can't remember. I'm trying to keep in the it all remake, straight. In the remake, I want to say he's a child molester. I couldn't and they remember. Don't say that in the first, in the original yeah. one. But in in yes, in one of them, he's unjustly accused. I thought, yeah, I thought and, one he was and, innocent, another he yeah. was a pedophile, another right. just a murderer. As but if, but the yeah. the I mean, you talk about a movie with absolutely no soul. That's the sure. remake. I mean, right. talk about by the numbers. Um, I just I watched it. I've watched. I and then I went back and tried to watch it again, thinking. Uh-huh. Maybe I just went at this with the wrong attitude. Yeah. And um, 
No, it's just still not good. It just has nothing to it. It's just not. It's just. I mean, they were trying to get back to the basics and try to be more serious, but oh God, right, it right. was just not. Didn't work. Um, now, have you now the one sequel to these that is completely not an inline sequel? You know, all these would be. You know, Freddy's Dead, Freddy's Final Nightmare. The one that really works is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah, where yeah. it is a kind of a meta thing where Wes Craven is in it and Heather Lagenkamp, and right. then she's got the little kid that's. Um, in Pet Cemetery yes. and Gage, um, that and then you and even um, what's his face um, Robert England is in it as a character, and then the Freddy Krueger character is like this, the dream thing that Wes Craven based the story on in the first place, right. and it's it's super meta and he looks different and I like that. Yeah, one it was a, a cool. Lot. It's a cool idea. It was too. a cool concept and yeah, that one is you know stands out of all the sequels. I mean, because it's not even a sequel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really not. It's its, its own it's thing. Out, it's its own thing. Uh, but I think the first one and that one, are, and the third one is still pretty good, even though there's a lot of dumb, you know, jokes and stuff in it. Uh, I like that one because they brought back Nancy, and you know, they're fighting back. But mm-hmm. you know, they always kill him at the end of every one, and then he always comes back. I know. Except the first one, they don't kill him in the first one. In fact, he shows up at the end and pulls the mom through the window on the oh, house. Oh, right, right, right. And the kids get in the car and the hood comes up and it's a sweater. You yeah, know? yeah. So it's got a really downbeat ending on the first one, but I don't know. These The sequels just... I, and I know there are people out there who just love these, uh-huh. and I'm not one of them. But you're not a fan of the second one. I've seen you've been skipping over that one. No, I didn't care one. for the second one. Um, they tried to... And I get what they were doing. It was kind of like Halloween 3. The, the season, season of the, of the Witch. Witch. We're going to we, go which we don't outside, talk about. which we don't talk about. And, you know, there are a lot of people who really like that as something completely separate. I still don't like it. No, I know. Um, and I think Tom fan. Atkins is in it. And for of me, course. he always makes things better, but not in that case. I just don't like that movie. I tried. That's fair. But I don't like it. I thought as far as bomb sequels go, you're going to bring up uh, Freddy vs. Jason. I thought oh, you were going to... God. <laughs> that's, that's almost as bad as Jason in Space or whatever Jason the hell X. that movie yeah. is. That's Jason X horrible. In space. Or Jason Take Manhattan. Really, yeah. he shows up in like the last five minutes of the movie and makes it to New York. That's terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. And that Freddy vs. Versus Jason is just what is the point? I didn't understand. Cash grab. The po- I know, but I mean, Jason doesn't talk. No, it's just like Freddie making dumb jokes, and I mean, it's horrible. His dreams, yeah, it's just horrible. That's a horrible film, and I mean, I get why they made it, but it doesn't make it any better. All right, now we move on to I think, and I, I I'm going to do the promo on this because this is if I had to pick one movie from the '80s that is my favorite epitome perfect 80s film really it is the return of the living dead no shit i love this movie i watch this at least once a year and i'm not you know and every time i say this then i pick out 10 movies that are funny yeah i usually say i don't really like horror comedies and then i'll find a whole bunch of them that i really do like which by the way the uh, wolf of snow hollow watch it wolf of snow hollow it's, it's okay. funny it's not fantastic but it is really funny add it to the ever it just came list. out and what just came out so it'll oh, be okay. we'll All talk right. about it later but this movie i love this movie i just think it is so good and it's so funny and it's so 80s it is so perfectly 80s and um it was done by something that john russo who was a partner of george romero's who did night of the living dead uh, kept some of the copyrights to this you know to the whole thing the universe to the, to the universe I guess, I guess the best way to put it you're right and then he um 
put this together and it's 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 really funny but it's it's scary too and it's it's different than any other zombie movie because the zombies run and they actually talk in this one now yeah. they don't talk well but they do talk but like you know when they have the the half a woman on the table and she's talking about you know why do you want to eat brains yeah and, oh, the pain the pain you know the pain of being dead and i just i just I don't know. I just love this movie. I, the goofy kid that accidentally unlocks the, you know, the the tank in the basement, you know, that lets the gas out. Right. And, God, I love this movie. How, do, how does Romero... every August when they put the date, you know, at the beginning of the movie, it says yeah. what the date is. I always uh, post that uh, on my uh, Facebook page. How does Romero uh, feel about this one? Well, I mean, he's dead, so we can't well, ask I'm, him. But I'm no, sure I actually don't think he cared. I mean, they were really? they were partners, and it didn't really hurt anything. I mean, the only thing about these that are the same is Living Dead in the title. And sure. that's just from the first one, because after that it went on to, you know, Dawn of the Dead. And let's be honest, and I'm going to say it again, the Dawn of the Dead remake is much better than the original. Hell yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's an amazing film. And the first one, it is what it is, you know, but it's the 70s and it'll make my list for the 70s. But uh, I, I like, you know, I especially Ken Forey, who's in it. He's great. Um, it's a good movie, but I love the remake. Mm-hmm. And this is not a remake of anything. It's just a whole different Thanks. spin on zombies when zombies weren't popular in the 80s. But this movie, and the sequels are all terrible. Mm-hmm. There are sequels to this, and they're all bad. And they have nothing to do with the original. And this this one, though, is, like I said, it is, for me, it's the perfect 80s movie. Yeah. It's got the, the, the new wave punk rocker kids and the, you know, the goofy stuff that happens and the, you know, the warehouse. And it puts the thing up at the event at the beginning. It says the events portrayed in this film are all true, <laughs> you know, and it's like, OK, man, you know, because they nuke Louisville at the end, sure. you know, so it's like, OK, but that didn't happen. Wait, so but, did I miss yeah, that? Right, exactly. Uh... But I just, I think this is a great movie and the gas gets up into the clouds and then it rains on the cemetery and all the dead people yeah. start coming back to life. And I, I just love it. I absolutely love this movie. If we had put these in some kind of order, best to first, this would have been top of my list. It doesn't matter how many other movies. And, you know, I mean, I, I think the thing is fantastic. And, yeah. you know, all this other stuff and movies I really love from the 80s. There's something about this one. I can watch it over again and I will laugh every time mm-hmm. and I will jump every time. And I just, and I love the scene where, you know, the ambulance, you know, it crashes and they've eaten the ambulance drivers, you know, they've pulled them out and somebody's on the radio going, what, you know, um, what's, you know, what's going on? Give us, a, give us a status. And the zombie gets on there and says, send more paramedics. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. You know, Troy's face uh, is lighting God. up for I just, people who I, are not I, in this room. I love this movie. So, and if you have not seen it, you've got to watch it. I, I know we're all sick of zombies. Don't, I mean, I yeah. get it. You know, I get it, but this is, this was this was 1985, well, man. This I wish I, I've, I've seen this before, but I didn't rewatch it for this because I'd already seen it. But now I wish I had gone back. But did they ever use the term zombie in this one either? Or I didn't don't pop up rem- for a while, I right? don't remember if they used zombie I'm or curious. not. I'm uh, curious. I don't, I really honestly don't remember. But um, yeah, this is one of those movies that 
I, I don't know. You just can't go wrong with it. It's just so much fun. Uh, so. Well, I'm going to have to check it out again because you are so excited about it. I, that I it just makes love me this excited movie. About it. I, just, I can't help it. Again, a uh, fun fact. Don't know if it's true. Some of the zombie extras were paid <laughs> bonus to eat real calf brains in the film. Dan O'Bannon didn't want the actors to do anything he wasn't willing to do and ate some raw calf brains in front of them to show them that he wouldn't ask them to do anything he wasn't willing to do himself. I don't know if that's real. Um, yeah, you know what? You think um, it is? It, 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 I, I was skeptical until you said Dan O'Bannon. Yeah. And, I mean, he was one of the guys who created the original Alien, uh-huh. uh, Dead and Buried. He has a really grim, dark sense of humor. He, okay. He's since passed away. But um, he worked with, you know, some of the, the big names at the time, Carpenter and, you know, Ridley Scott some of the and all these people. Best and special effects people he, are on this list. Well, he was, like... he was not a special effects guy. He was, um, I mean, he directed this one, but... He was just an odd dude. He really put together some unique properties. Mm. And um, before you said Dan O'Bannon, I I thought, oh, come on. No way. But as soon as you said that, I thought, mm, probably true. Okay. It's probably true. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, hey, I like that. I mean, it's the best way yeah. to lead, right? Lead yeah. by example. Right. I guess so. Do you have so. anything else you want to say about this one? No, no, no. So I've much. already told you about how much I love it. So we're we're good. All we right. can move on. We'll so. move on to 1985's Reanimator. So after, oh, yeah. after an odd new medical student arrives on campus, a dedicated local um, and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. Um, I'd never seen this one before either, and I really love this one. I think I was actually texting Kaylin about it. Um, she's like, yeah, it's yeah, like one of like, was, the craziest ones. Yeah, it is. And Jeffrey Combs, this is kind of what made his career. Um, and Barbara Crampton, too, turned her into a, you know, a minor horror icon because of this movie. And... It, um, Stuart Gordon, who became well known for doing uh, Lovecraft uh, mm-hmm. adaptations. Yeah. I mean, and that's what this is. And I added um, From Beyond to the list for the following year, which we can kind of talk about now because sure. it is another Jeffrey Combs um, Lovecraft adaptation. It's not as good as Reanimator. Reanimator has just the right amount of weird ass humor in it. Um, that really makes this movie work. And I hope, did you see the unedited, the uncut version? You probably did, because there for a while, you only saw the theatrical version. It was a big deal when they put out the uh, the I, unedited version with the head uh, so on the like table. So like the weird rapey shit? Yeah, well, when when the guy takes his head and yeah, Barbara yeah. Crampton's naked on the table. Yes. Okay, okay yeah. that wasn't that wasn't in the original cut. Well, that also um, caused some issues. We'll talk about. Yes, that later. wasn't that wasn't that was from the uncut version, and I think that's the standard version now. But that's something that no one ever thought of. Believe me, that was a first time ever on film, and. I can't believe in 1985 they got that made, but they did. Yeah, and you know the and from beyond has a lot of weird kind of sex bondage stuff in it too. Um, it's about a scientist who's trying to connect with the, I guess, the next world or another dimension. And at one point, he eventually grows what looks like a a little wavy penis out of his forehead. Oh. and it's a weird movie, but it's. It's a very 80s Lovecraft kind of thing. And, you know, now our Lovecraft is color out of space, which, no. as we talked about, no. we've talked about before, no. sucks like a Hoover. Um, it's so bad. That movie is so horrible. And it's, it's like Mandy. Yes. Oh, God, it's so great. I just love it. No, you don't. No, no one loves it. You, it's terrible. You love it because it's contrarian and weird. space and Mandy. And I, I'm telling you, I sent you a text one day not very long ago, and I said, have you seen anything about The Possessor? 
I said, that's going to be the, I guarantee that's going to be the next Mandy. Oh, yeah. It's, we're going to watch it, and we're going to go, why is there all this hype? I don't understand. It's horrible. I don't know. I, I, now I'm going into it with a bad attitude. But, <laughs> well, yes. Um, but I'm already skeptical because these are the same people that were praising things like color out of space sure. and that was a dog this on the other hand is a really cool fun adaptation and Stuart gordon did a bunch of stuff that didn't work nearly as well mm-hmm. um like uh, the unnameable castle freak um these were some other ones that he did that were you know around the same time period maybe didn't work as well i mean i've heard like really wonderful things about him about what a great guy he was um but not all his stuff worked as well as this one did. But I, I really think that this movie's a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought this movie, it was great. Um, like I said, I was watching and then like sort of toward the end, I was like, okay, this took a weird, yes, it does. very it weird, a turn. Very weird turn. Uh, but the special effects were super cool. Oh, they are. Cool. They are. And Bride of Reanimator is actually pretty good. There's a sequel. <laughs> well, because this was initially. And it's actually this, pretty good. This was supposed to be, when it was starting to get get started, it was supposed to be kind of a Frankenstein thing, I yes. think, that got yes. kind of lost in right, translation right. somewhere there. So that is that is really interesting. Uh, one fact, I, I, the, again, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle here, but because I, I read a lot of different things that were similar to this, that actor David Gale's wife divorced him shortly after this film's release, and then I put in quotation, she didn't like the rapey stuff. But I saw <laughs> a lot of things where people um, were, would comment or, or make, you know, it had facts on IMDb, quote unquote, but it talked about how when she initially saw this movie, she was like, what the fuck, David? Yeah, like, I can't believe yeah, you would yeah. like do this yeah. stuff. And um, th- and I know that they did for a fact get divorced after this movie. Wow. Don't know if, if that's it, really why. If that's really but, why. But wow. um, I guess if you're not expecting that and it's just your, your yeah, spouse is going to work um, every day. Well, it's, it's, definitely not, it's definitely not a movie that you want to watch with your parents or something. You, you know, correct. it's um, it's definitely a select company kind of movie. But. Um, you know, in 1985, people were really starting to kind of branch out with some stuff. Yeah, that was definitely a branch out kind of movie. Yeah, well, let's so. talk about this next one from 1985. Uh, so this is Fright Night. A teenager yes. discovers that the newcomer in the neighborhood is a vampire, so he turns to an actor in a television horror show for help dealing with the undead. So I really, really like this movie, but I, I will tell movie. you the uh, again the date rapey vibes from the first yeah. five minutes never quit and and yeah. and someone turned it's, to me, it's definitely a product of its time. Well, someone yeah. turned to me right then and they were like, "Oh, no wonder men are so terrible." Especially like <laughs> if this is what they grew up with, thinking this was cool. Sure. And I was yeah. like, "Well, that's true." And that's I was like, point. "You know what?" I was like, "I never thought about it." But yeah, yeah this was kind of like what was being displayed on there, yeah. where she's like, "No, no, no," and he's like, "Yes, yes, yes," uh-huh. and then she's finally like. I oh, guess right so, then. and right. it's like it's like this is a terrible thing. But again, I tried appreciate it for what it is in this time. Well, I don't yeah, like using you, that word. You, you but... move on from from that and 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 see it as a product of its time. Yeah, and enjoy, can enjoy the rest of the movie. But um, you know, I I think the the the. The idea behind this movie is is a yeah, lot of yeah. fun. I did like you know, I did like puts the rest a of the modern movie. you know puts a vampire in a modern age and Roddy McDowell. You can never go wrong with Roddy sure. McDowell, man. I mean, you could put him in anything from that, you know, anywhere from the '80s on back, and he's always great. He always adds to every movie, and him playing that character of the, you know, the 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 guy who just introduces horror films, right. you know, um, Peter Vincent. You know, he's just Peter great. Vincent, right? He's just great, and um, I know it's a fun movie. But you, I got to be honest with you, I really like the remake. So, so this the, is the one with yes. McLovin from Superbad, yes. and, and, and yeah, who, who plays? The, he's kind of the evil, Ed the weird character. friend, right? Yeah. And it's um, 
Anton it, Yelchin from that, that Star passed Trek. away a few years ago. It was in Star Trek. And, and is stuff. it Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell. Yes. And, okay. and Tony Collette. Yes. You know, yes. Um, yes. Stacked cast. I, I just rewatched. I mean, I saw that. I just watched this again about a week ago. Yeah. And I'd forgotten how much I liked the remake. Uh-huh. It's so good. And uh. it's, it's so updated, you know. And, right. That's um, what I want to see. While I love this from the 80s, the remake of it is so good. Uh-huh. You know, um, I, I, this is one that kind of like. Evil Dead, uh, that improved on the original, I nice. think, and did a really cool version what, of it. I, we started Googling it to check it out and like saw the cast and everything for the new yeah. one, and I was like, fuck, I was like, I want to watch that one yeah, right now. you got to watch it. It's, but I, I had mean, to it's, watch this it's one. up on something, I'm one sure. of the streaming platforms for free. I mean, yeah. It's, you know, I just, I, I thought it was funny, when, when the kid's getting the shit beat out of him in his room by the vampire, <laughs> and he's like, breaks the mom's door frame to kind of lock her in there, beats the hell out of the kid, and the mom comes in, she's like... I thought I heard something. And it's like, how do you not look around the room and see right. what happened to your kid? And then, uh, but then again, like they're they're at that club and the vampire seducing the the young woman, yeah. and they get very graphic on the yeah. dance floor. And I'm like, she yeah. is 16 years yeah. old, oh, right? Right. I'm like, I know the 80s were a weird yeah, time. Weird I guess. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but also that got me thinking. Um, we might have talked about this before, but um, have vampires always been? sexualized romanticized or wh- when did that get brought into the um, lore or do you well, know you know that's a good question because prior to i'll tell you when i think it really was i mean there's always been some aspect of it but really when bella lugosi played dracula it was the first time and that was in 1931 mm-hmm. that was the first time they ever made a vampire sexy in a film okay um before that you had like nosferatu, nosferatu. who looks like a rat <laughs> right, you know right. um so they, he was a, you know, he was a, a sex symbol at the time. I mean, he used to talk about all the letters that he would get from women, you know, all constantly, you know, wanting them to uh, drink their blood and all. I mean, he just was like, whoa. Nice. You know? um, so I think that's kind of what started it. At, but around this time, you had in 1979, there is, and that'll end up making our 70s list because it's actually a pretty darn good movie, but Frank Langella played Dracula in a, um, a version of Dracula, and uh, he plays him, looks, I mean, he's got a cut the Tom Jones look going, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the unbuttoned hairy chest and all this right, stuff, and, right. but it's actually a pretty good movie, and um, it's well done, it's beautiful. The movie is beautiful, mm-hmm. um, but you know he's again playing the sexy vampire, and that's sure. that's kind of become the staple thanks to things like Twilight and stuff. But yeah. you know, it's it, it's not. I mean, vampires are supposed to be these horrific, monstrous creatures that are you know the death bringers. You mm-hmm. know, instead you get these you know vampires who come along, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, who you right. think. Well, that'd be all right, really. I mean, you know, I, you know hey, I could be a vampire. Worse ways I mean, to there's go. worse ways to go. You get to hang out all the time, and you know, and and so yeah, it's it's um, that's really when it took the turn was mm-hmm. as far back as the 30s, um, and we've had different kinds of vampires in between, but uh, for the most part, you get the Chris Sarandon. Colin Farrell type yeah, yeah, of vampires yeah. these days, the Twilight version, the sparkle and the sunshine and that yeah. kind of stuff. So I do love Robert Pattinson though. Um, I do too, but not not those twelve year old girl movies. Can, can I make you? Can I make a confession here? Um, I recently started watching True Blood, and I really love it. You know, I I watched it the first 
couple of seasons. And then when we, I don't know how far along you are, so I don't want to ruin it I'm for you. Two seasons. Once in. we got to like fairies and aphids and stuff like, I went. That's where it goes. Uh, I checked out. There I, are I seven, not seven seasons. Nine I don't seasons? think I there's don't even that many. I, I think, think there's, there's maybe a five lot, or six. There's a lot more than I thought. Well, I, like, I, I think I got through two or three, and then I once I got into like the fairy stuff and everything. I yeah, mean, this isn't working okay. for me anymore. Good. To, so. That's good to know. I never did see the, the the ending of it. I didn't get that far. Oh, that's so. good to know. Um, so, but I. I just had I had to tell somebody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on from 1985. Let's go to 1986. This one um, we kept it on specifically because we had some things to talk yes. about. Let's yes. talk about aliens. So Ellen Ripley is rescued by a deep sea uh, deep salvage team after being in hypersleep for 57 years. The moon that Nos- Nostromo visited Nos- is. Nostromo. 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 How do you pronounce this? Yeah, I can't remember now. I'm not looking at it. The ship has been uh, visited, has been colonized, but contact is lost. This time, colonial marines have uh, impressive firepower, but will that be enough? Question mark. I don't like this description from IMDb. It's it's not right. Okay, this is the sequel to to Alien. Um, We kept it on here because I wanted to talk about this. Well, because it is scary. I mean, there is a lot of scary stuff in it, but uh, essentially, this is an action movie. But you think Alien is more of a horror movie? Alien, Alien is a haunted house in space. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, it, is, yeah. it is a horror film um, and, and meant to be a sci-fi horror film. This is a sci-fi thriller. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, um, it's very, you know, sci-fi related um, and it's got a lot of scary stuff in it. Uh, but I would, I would make this, I would say this is a sci-fi action movie. Well, um, with the the Marines and everything, and you know it's great. I love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of you know stuff in it that you would consider to be horror adjacent. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, the creatures themselves are scary. Yeah. Let's be honest. There isn't anything not scary about these aliens. I think they are some of the scariest human-like monsters ever in the history of film. I mean, they're scary. You know what annoys me though is that in the first Alien, it's like okay, you have like a one xenomorph that's like capable of yes doing so much destruction if there were that many yeah. in the sequel like wouldn't have well they'd last like my, 10 minutes my issue is is that in the first movie in alien the blood of the alien is acid yeah right and that is a plot point where they cut very the, specific they cut the hand and it drips through several levels of the floors, ship yeah in this one they're blowing them away <laughs> yes. with, you know, with machine their guns machine guns, their space machine guns. So there's got to be blood everywhere. How is there even a space station left right. because of the acid? We just seem to have forgotten that. So, or maybe they're a slightly different kind of alien. Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Um, because, you know, in later films, there are different kind of versions i mean it's kind of like later on in the predator series you find out there's actually a couple of different kinds of predators but and i gotta tell you though i love um one of my go-to movies when i'm just bored and i'm at home and it's winter time and i'm on the couch is to turn on uh, Alien versus Predator, yeah? the first one with Lance Henriksen and the Pyramid yeah, yeah. under Antarctica. I love that movie. Really? I don't even know why. She partners with the Predator. They're yeah, friends. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool because you know by Predator Two they had established what they were there for. Right, right. And I think that's why I like it. And I really like predators with adrian brody i do too. where they scooped them up and took them to this planet and hunted them down for sport yeah i there's just something about that storyline that i liked now the alien versus predator requiem i did not like that yeah one. that one didn't work for me um it was alien versus predator with the pyramid and all that stuff was such a 
big movie. And yeah. It has so many moving parts. And this one was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're in this little town in Colorado, and we've got this kind of doofus. And I just rewatched it recently thinking, maybe I, you Missed know, no, yeah. I didn't. No. It still sucks. Um, so that one I like to forget exists. But I like the mythology, and really that last Predator movie wasn't that great The either. Predator? Yeah, it, it, well, it energy- could have been good, but it just didn't work for me. I liked all the people in it, too. Yeah, me, too. But I feel I just- like there was something cut out of it. I'd like to see if there's a director's cut. I mean, there isn't available, but I'd like to think there is one somewhere. Right. Well, well maybe it would make more sense. You know what pissed me off about that one, and I'm just going to do a spoiler alert, is at the end, they get that... The like okay, they have this box or cocoon thing kind of yeah. like shipped to them or whatever, and it's like, oh, he left us a weapon, and it opens up and you see this like black goo and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's gonna tie into um, Prometheus and all this yeah. stuff, and no, it's no. just like a robot predator yeah. killing machine. Yeah, like, I don't know. What are we I, fucking doing here? I don't I know. Like, I I liked where it was going, but that one kind of messed things up. And yeah. like you said, I like the people in it, but it just the movie didn't work for me. No, I agree, and it's too bad um, because I mean we're way off track here. Yes, but that's anyway, fine. I really like this movie. I really like Aliens. I like I said we left it on here to to discuss it. Yeah. I would not call it a horror film. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I don't think any of them, although, you know, um, Alien 3, pretty horrific. And that's one that no one gives enough credit to. The, is this one where she jumps that's into the, the prison thing planet? And, okay, yeah, yeah. Now, and you know what? I like, um, I like, I didn't like the fact that they killed off Newt and, um, yeah. and Hicks. I didn't like that at the beginning. Well, don't, yeah, they show up And they're, dead, they're like right? on a prison planet. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, though, is... Not a bad film. I mean, yeah. it, it's really claustrophobic and it's pretty scary. And then you have the, the underwater sh- swimming aliens, which is scary as hell. And is that the one with the shower scene too, where you see the the face coming right at I her? I don't remember. I don't um, think so. I, I thought that I don't that know, was but that one. Alien Four could have been good, but the ending is just. Wait, which one's that's four, Alien then? Four is the one where they bring they've been experimenting with Ripley's DNA and trying to clone her. Oh right, and there's all right, the like right. reject Ripley's in there, and it's like I just wanted to see the space pirates. That's all I wanted. I, <laughs> I like you ever. Yeah, I, well, I know, but I I liked um you know what's his face from Sense of Anarchy um that played Hellboy. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. I like the dude He's with awesome. the rough voice from The Crow. You know, he was like the head of the pirates. Uh-huh. I just wanted to see the space pirates fight aliens. Yeah. And it just got into all this stupid... It just went too far. And mm-hmm. then the the alien was like her baby. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the end of it is just, you know... I don't mean, even Winona Ryder was good in it. I would have watched more of her. Sure. I just didn't like the way it went. And then I was kind of done. But, you know, I like those Prometheus movies. Both of them are really cool. I really like the Prometheus movies. Those are movies. really great. Like, I, yeah. I watched... Everything. One time I did a like a whole alien thing and started with the Prometheus movies and moved on oh, to okay. Alien. Yeah, and it was really cool until I got to four, and then I went, oh. I like well, I like Prometheus, so. but then what is it? Alien um, Covenant. The, was that the latest one? That yeah, was that the latest? Yeah, one? that and that's a, that was Prometheus. right? That's after Prometheus. Right, that yeah, was the yeah. sequel to Prometheus. Yeah, I like that one too. I liked it. But however, when they started to dive into the engineers yes. stuff, I, I wanted. I wanted more of that, but also once they started showing me them, I was like, okay, never mind. This uh, is kind so, of an, yeah, they were kind of like, a letdown. It's like yeah. tribal 
big society bald, giant bald guy. That's very and I'm advanced. Like, what is going I, on? I liked the the engineers in Prometheus. I was like, okay, okay. Is, they're big dudes, really yeah. like cool science yeah. people. Makes when sense. You, and then you get to the engineer planet, it's like, okay, never mind. This is like a tribal thing still, but yeah. they still like have better technology than right. the iPhone. Right. I, I don't get yeah. how it works. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's going on? But anyway, anyway, um, aliens, aliens. Uh, so, Good so, movie. F- again, action movie because Sigourney Weaver, Bill Paxton. Sigourney Weaver's total dork. (laughs) Game over, man. We're all going to die, man. Game over. We're all going to die. Sigourney Weaver's Best Actress Academy Award nomination for this movie was the first ever for an actress in the role of an action movie. Lance Henriksen was great in this, too. Yeah. Played Bishop. He was phenomenal. He was great. Yeah. Everybody's good in this movie. Michael Uh, Biehn. Fantastic. One of his best roles. Who's Hicks. That? Hicks. Oh, Hicks. Yeah. Yes. Okay. One sorry. of his best part. I mean, you know, he did all this. Um, you know, he was doing all this James Cameron stuff. He uh-huh. did The Abyss, and he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I just really like him. He's Johnny Ringo from you know Tombstone, and it was his time right in this era, right here. <laughs> the eighties so. were a heyday. For they were so they many were. of these people. Michael Biehn. Um, so okay, we had to keep that in there, but yeah. now we're, now we're going to move on uh, to another ridiculous to movie, The Fly. The Fly. So a brilliant. Also a remake. Yes, that much I know, and we will talk about that too. So a brilliant but eccentric scientist begins to transform into a giant man-fly hybrid after one of his experiments goes horribly wrong. I would argue... I will say this is the grossest film on the list. It is fucking really gross. The things that he becomes are disgusting. Well, Reanimator's pretty gross too. Well, yes, but Um, this is grosser. Also, I would argue that his experiment worked exactly as it was supposed to. It did, except the fly fly got into the chamber. So if you've ever seen the If you've ever seen the original... Uh, with Vincent Price, I haven't, and the guy has just like a fly arm and a giant fly head because uh-huh. it's the fifties, and I, you know, it's um, it is what it is. It's yeah. a really cheap, you know, horror movie from the fifties, and you know, there's always the great scene with the fly with the man's head. Yeah, help me, help me. Yes, I can, love that. Can I can I tell you the yes. fun fact about this? Yes. So in 1987 interview on Sinister Image, Vincent Price revealed that when this remake was released, Jeff Goldblum wrote him a letter saying, "I hope you like it as much as I liked yours." Price was touched by the letter. He composed a reply. Because he was like the nicest guy in Hollywood. Right. For so real. Pr- Price composed a letter. Um, he, he composed a reply, and he went to go see the new film, which he <laughs> described as wonderful right up to a certain point, and then it went a little too far. Yeah. yeah. Um, it which too gross for Vincent Price. Yeah. Th- so yeah. this one is... Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen like... I mean, there's parts... Of, but this is, a, this is a perfect 80s David Cronenberg movie. Oh, sure. Everything he made in the 80s and 70s were all disgusting. It was all his body horror stuff. And except for The Dead Zone was like the only normal film he made. Everything from this time period. And don't get me wrong, for what it is, it really works if you're into that kind of thing. But this movie is disgusting. Yeah, it's really gross. The spitting up the stuff onto things to eat it and all the falling apart and, and... Ugh, it's just nasty, you know, but, but on the other hand, it's still a good movie. It's really well made yeah. and it's really more than anything. I think the fly is, uh, is a romance movie. This is a love story, almost more than it, a horror film. She sticks by him it is. much longer than I would stick by anybody who was turning into a well, human fly. And I'm I, sorry. I, but, I, I watched this with someone and she goes, so wait, so she like, barely knows this guy i was like yeah she's like she still loves him he looks like that she's like still showing up and yeah. i was like yeah yeah i guess so like you yeah. know maybe like she's attracted to his brain i don't know but then after a while it got really hard to like justify yeah why Cause especially yeah. when he starts climbing on the walls and getting all really weird yeah i mean at first it's kind of cool you know yeah. that he climbs up walls and can stick i mean it's just it's kind of 
And it's like he's like in the hands to super guy. And then all of a sudden he starts turning into an actual fly. And it's <laughs> like put, there, put, there aren't any insects that are probably any insects grosser than a fly. I anyway, know, um, they fly around and eat shit literally. Yeah. And so turning into a human fly, I, 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 would, I would try um, to put the shotgun to my own head. Yeah, too. I, I know it. Right. Oh god! But it was it was amazing to see Jeff Goldblum like that, um, and yeah, it was just, it was great. Uh, moving on to 1986 is from Beyond. So no, no, we we talked about that already. Oh, that we was did. The one okay. with the Lovecraft with the right waving. Okay, penises, that was one so I hadn't skipped. That that one. was one I hadn't seen. Um, I do want to mention that Barbara Crampton sold the leather dominatrix outfit she wore <laughs> at that film at a yard sale. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, okay, so let's move on to 1986. No, seven. 1987, oh, Angel Heart. S- okay, sorry. So we're skipping. Got it. Yeah, we, we from beyond, we discussed it. Got it. I had, so I had Gothic on. and Night of the Creeps, but we're, yeah, we're yeah, cutting those yeah. out. Okay, so we're going to move on to 1987's Angel Heart. So a private investigator is hired by a man who calls himself Louis Cipher to track down a singer Louis named... Louis Cipher. Like Cipher. So this one yeah. I didn't watch. That's why, I, again, oh, don't, I don't know pronunciation. Oh, man. I know, I know. I have it you bold- watch this. I have it bolded, meaning I was supposed to watch it. But to track down a See, singer... See, now I'm not going to talk about the twist ending because... Well, yeah, don't. Don't spoil I'm it for not, me. Because I didn't know you did didn't watch this one named Johnny favorite, but the investigation takes an unexpected and somber turn. Okay. What can you tell me about this? Can you sell me on this movie? Yeah. Um, Mickey Rourke, when he still had a career, uh, (laughs) and he's very sweaty in this movie because most of it takes place in new Orleans. Uh Um, he is a, uh, private investigator named Harry angel who was hired by this, by a mysterious client that for this attorney who wants him to find this singer, Johnny Favorite, who who was like a crooner before World War II, and he wants him to find him because he owes him a debt. Okay. Um, and so he's supposed to track him down and to find him, and he goes to Coney Island, it's in the early 50s, and then eventually tracks him down to New Orleans. And as he's looking for this guy, he keeps finding he had, had also been in World War II and had come back shell-shocked without much of a memory. And so he took the name Harry Angel uh, because it was, you know, the, some dog tags. And so that's he, he has no memory before the war, uh, but he's become a private detective and he uh, ends up and everyone that he finds that's connected to Johnny Favorite ends up dead mm. after he has been there. And he's trying to find this guy and he meets up with a woman who um, her her mother had been Johnny Favorite's girlfriend and um Played by Lisa Bonet, which is what got her fired from the Cosby Show because she's very naked in this movie, and, and that got her uh, fired. It got her fired from the Cosby Show, which is ironic now. Mm-hmm. But in 1987, <laughs> you know, Bill Cosby, Ooh, we didn't know what we know now. But yeah. anyway, um, Robert De Niro was in it. He plays the mysterious client, and this movie does have a twist ending, and it involves. Um, voodoo and satanism and murders and it's in new orleans and i have always loved this movie uh, although like i said it is a very sweaty mickey mickey rourke movie <laughs> yeah um and you just want him to take a bath through the whole movie he looks so greasy um but i really like this movie i liked it when i saw i can still remember seeing it in the theater uh-huh. and remembered the ending and just being sitting there going holy crap well, the first damn, time I, saw I, it. I wish I could talk about it. Um, so you need to watch it. Um, it is, it's definitely, you got to put this on your list. Anybody who's listening, if you haven't seen it, 
Uh, this is one of my favorite films from the 80s and one that I do rewatch, like Return of the Living Dead, one I do rewatch on a regular basis. I love this movie. Well, quick, fun, uh, quote-unquote fact. Writer and director Alan Parker claims that Robert De Niro's performance was so eerie and realistic that he generally avoided him during his scenes, letting him just kind of direct himself. Do what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he is a very strange character in this. Um, but yeah, you got to... You gotta see it. Once you see it, you'll like it. <sighs> I know. So. There were just a couple on here I couldn't couldn't bang couldn't out. Couldn't get time. to. Well, this one's this is one that you now need to put on your list though. Okay. So per- because perfect. it's yeah, definitely you'll like it, I think. Moving on, nineteen eighty seven. The Believers. So a New York psychiatrist finds that a Brugeria uh, inspired cult. I don't know. Uh, which Brujeria. Brujeria. It's like a Santeria type uh-huh. Brujeria yeah. inspired cult, which believes in child sacrifice has a keen interest in his own son. And that is really a bad um, synopsis. Okay, what do we got? Um, what do we well, got? really, Martin Sheen plays a psychiatrist whose wife has died, and she dies at the beginning of the movie, and he's got this son. And um, he's, you know, several friends that he has, and he gets. This cult is is murdering children because there's a prophecy that certain number of every so many years, so many children have to die in this ritual to save the world. Okay. They they believe they're saving the world, uh, but it is um, got a young Jimmy Smith's in it. Oh um, yeah, it, Martin Sheen, Robert Loge's in it. But Martin Sheen is one of those actors who you know who is a great actor anyway. But back in the eighties. You could, I, I know I've heard, you've heard me say this. You could put Martin Sheen or Gene Hackman in any piece of crap movie and it made it better. Sure. But this is actually a good movie. The book is phenomenal. The book came out and it's just called The Believers by Nicholas Conde. And it's, um, it's even better than the movie, but the movie is, does really hold up. Mm-hmm. I watched it again not that long ago. Um, I'd forgotten that, you know, we had young Jimmy Smith playing a cop in it who loses his shit. Uh, because of his brush with this cult. Um, and I'm telling you, this is a good movie. I, I really like it. It holds up really well if you like these kind of cult type yeah, yeah, stories. Yeah. I think you'd really like this. Okay. Um, I, I do. Um, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's dated. It's the late 80s. But on the other hand, it's got kind of that... Um, you know, that voodoo Santeria kind of thing that is um, kind of timeless, you know, where they, the whole cult, you can, I mean, cults are always going to be in style, some sure. kind of horrific cult. Yeah. And who believe they're doing the right thing, but, and it's got a prologue in Africa and it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's definitely worth watching. I, and, and it's not a movie that people know very well. Um, but I've noticed it popping up on streaming services again recently. Mm -hmm. So if you get a chance, if you do see it pop up or seek it out, um, it's just called The Believers. Like I said, Martin Sheen, definitely worth watching. Good movie. Nice. All right, well, check out The Believers. The only fun fact you could find about this one, one studio... This is not that well-known. Right? It said one studio executive suggested having the Beastie Boys perform on the soundtrack, which Um, I thought was very random. (laughs) Okay, I don't know how that would have fit in, but okay. I had to say it. I mean, if it, I guess just in some random music in the back it does play take place in new york in the late 80s there, so there you it was go. the era of the beastie boys it's so. gotta be that right yeah all right moving on to another one we talked about earlier. yeah we talked about evil dead too so we won't get back into that again but we that we need to get into the next movie which has inspired 98 million sequels also which is Hellraiser. Yeah, okay, can we... So, okay, is this movie actually called Hellbound Hellraiser 2? Because no, no, we're, sti- we're still talking... I mean, we're going to talk about both 
we talked we said we were going to talk about both movies but right now oh. we're just to the first one but Sorry, they came out within a year of each other and read. hellraiser 2 is a straight continuation of the first one but so we're we're really oh up to the okay. first one. But yes, you are right about the title. Okay. Okay. Well, so we'll we'll start. Sorry, that's my bad. No, that's all right. So, so Hellraiser, a woman discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. She starts killing him. Uh, she starts killing for him to revitalize his body so okay. he can escape. Well, this is not even. This is that's a terrible synopsis. I know. The escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escaped their sadistic underworld. So. This is a weird one. Um, also, it is I, very weird. I knew I very knew, Clive Barker, twisted sex, blood, yes. gore. I, and I knew, yeah. I knew even you know, growing up as a kid, I was like, this is this pinhead guy, sure. scary looking, everything. Sure. When I f- watched the first Hellraiser movie, I was like, this is not what I expected. No, um, no. Thought the, it was going to be very different. There's yeah. a puddle of a man on the floor for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's the, the, the Frank this. You know, is that kind of the the, at first is the main character and he tracks down this box, this puzzle box, Mm -hmm. which he opens um, because, you know, you are promised these demons are going to take you to the line of pain and pleasure and literally rip you apart. Um, and it's a sex thing. I mean, yeah. it is a it's a fetish this guy's 100%. got. So what remains of his body is in this house in London, and his brother Larry, who's the biggest dork in the universe, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, he and his second wife and his daughter Kirsty come to live in the house, and we find out that Julia, the wife, had had an affair with Frank, the brother. Yep. And anyway, somehow blood gets spilled on the floor in the room where Frank died and, it seeps, and it seeps through and he starts coming back together again because, and now he's cheated the, the Cenobites, these demons that are uh, caused by the opening of the box and they want him and he's trying to escape from them. Mm-hmm. And, um, this movie, I, I, the first two hell Hellraiser movies are really good. Yeah. I think they're really well done. Um, but they are, they definitely are of a time. They're definitely of the time period of the late 80s when Clive Barker was really becoming hot and they are have a lot of fetish stuff, a lot of sex, a lot of I mean, you you gotta be prepared for these movies. You don't see you as, have to know what's coming. You don't see as like this is one of the only, I feel like, major franchises that's like very like I don't know. I don't know. I want to say this in the wrong way. Like BDSM inspired. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It definitely is. And you know, there are whips and chains and hooks and handcuffs. You know, and people are into this and they want these things done to them and being ripped apart by the Cenobites. Uh, But then when you know Kirsty's trying to spoiler alert save her dad, and then has to you know uh, go up against these things essentially and and. Part two, which came out the following year, which yep. we have on the list. We'll just talk about them both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, why not? Yep. Uh, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. I mean, she literally goes to hell I, yep. uh, to try to rescue her father. I, and, I watched it at 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Unvent- uh, uh, unfortunately, um, even though a lot of these Hellraiser movies that follow, there are tons of sequels. Yeah. I mean, they stopped putting numbers on them and just started giving them names. You know, uh, Hell on Earth was part three, which it didn't care for much. But Hellraiser Judgment came out in 2018 
Well, that's just not that long ago. Yeah. Um, doesn't have a good cast, but uh, Oren, always my son, Oren loves yeah. Inferno for some reason. He okay. likes that one. And he tried to get me to watch it. He's like, it's so much better. It's got, you know, Nicholas Turturro and it's got Craig Schaefer and it's really, it's better. Sure. And I watched it and I'm like, Oren, this sucks. These I haven't are terrible. checked it out. I've only seen the you know, first two. And Lance Henriksen is in one of them. Uh, Bruce Ramsey's in one of them. Um, you know, I mean, it has decent people in a bunch of them but the movies are just it's the same it's the same thing over and over it's yeah. like these freddy Krueger. at least there's no jokes <laughs> oh yeah i mean well, yeah one thing you can always say about hellraiser films is they are grim hell yeah always grim always dark always and so you know at least you know you're never gonna end up with you know comedian freddy krueger yeah but on the other hand um you've got to be in a place to watch these and sure you know, the, like I said, the first two I think are great. Um, beyond that, the third one is not awful. Doesn't that give the origin but, of Pinhead in the third one? One is of that, them does. It? I think it's the and third he's one. He's like a and yeah, but see, for me, when you find out the, I don't want his origin. Yeah, you I don't want to find out he was like a British army officer in India who picked up the box. Well, actually, okay, I then don't never mind. want that, that. And that's the beginning of the second one. Because, is it? But well, you only I see a guy I pick it up. And I then, don't need that. I need better to not. Know. I, I'd rather not know. I yeah. don't need to know. The, well, I mean, it's okay, I guess, Penhead because he's kind of the main one. But I don't want to know where the clicky teeth guy yeah, comes yeah, from. Yeah. I don't need to know that. That's true. I just need to know that he's scary, which he is. Mm-hmm. And um, but anyway, I do like these movies. If and so they, they had to go on the list. The first two, they're well, both eighties movies. They, they had to go on the they list. If they came out now, then it'd be a whole universe. Well, they're they'd all they're get supposed their own... to be remaking. Oh Hellraiser. yeah. And I've been hearing this for a few years, and I don't know many of the details about yeah. it. Um, and I'm not seeing it pop up anywhere on IMDb as far as an in-production thing, sure. but it might. It might pop up because... Well, like Children of the Corn hasn't been done... Well, I guess 2018. Though. Well, and that was the most recent um, sequel, but it was not a, a complete remake. Right. Uh, but they're supposed to be doing a, a, a remake of it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know much about that. But there are a lot of sequels, and pretty much you can ignore anything that doesn't say just Hellraiser well, and Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Why you can it, ignore the rest. Why isn't it called Hellraiser 2 Hellbound? Uh, that's the, a good question. I, I don't know. Why do they do um, the titles backwards? I don't know. It, but it, it everybody figured it out, I guess. <laughs> sure. Because so, that one did really well, too. Well, so. co- okay, a couple fun little facts here. So during a post-production party when filming had ended, Doug Bradley was dis- dismayed uh, to be ignored by other members of the crew. He thought that he had gotten on rather well with the cast <laughs> and crew. Until, it wasn't until later he realized that none of the crew had actually seen him without <laughs> his makeup. They didn't know who he was. So they had no idea he who he was. He looks completely different. And, yeah. and, and, and you, you can, when you see the, the real Doug, when you see Doug Bradley, you would not know he's Penhead. Right. You just wouldn't. Right. You know, and so I that makes sense. That's funny. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that part. And then for for Hell Hellbound Hellraiser two, uh, the only fun thing I found. So the horn sound that is continually made by Leviathan is Morse code for God, which oh, I, I thought was like that. Cl- clever little Easter egg. Yeah, Clive so, Barker, some nerd that actually knows probably Clive Morse Barker. Co- yes. Yeah, some yeah. No- nerd that knows Morse code be like, yeah. um, actually. Because I'll not. tell you what movie did not make this list. That was an '80s movie. That's yeah. also Clive Barker. Was Nightbreed, and oh, yeah, I know I'm when fine with that, that movie came out, I loved it. 
I thought it was so cool, did, but talked, it we did about this. not hold up at all. Yeah, we, you and I, I think we've talked about it off off podcast, but when they put out, and for years, everybody kept saying, oh, there's another cut. There was a, Clive Barker did a cut the that the Snyder studio cut, didn't the, the take. It's cut. like that. And, oh, you know, it's so much better, and it just makes everything so much better. And I thought, well, you know, when that came out, I kind of liked it, so maybe I'll... Yeah. So anyway, as soon as it came out about the Blu-ray, and Oren and I are, oh, God, we, we, we yeah, just yeah. love Nightbreed. We thought it's going to be great. It's so bad. The director's cut is so horrible. No. It has a musical number. I'm not kidding. Okay, that's why we talked it's about it. It's so bad that now I don't I don't ever want to watch the original yeah, again. You talked it about doesn't how it hold ruined. up, and it's too bad. It just ruined it for you me. Talked, uh, that's why we talked about it. So it don't ever watch the director's cut if you liked Nightbreed, but I didn't put it on the list because I'm I'm now jaded. By I it. think we had it on another list, and be, we I think did we brought it up. Something. And that's yeah. why I remember the musical number yeah. part ruining yeah, it for I you did. and Oren. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Now, now, let me let me preface sure. this next movie sure. with by saying one thing. I said that when you know 1985, and I said the epitome of an 80s horror film, Return of the Living Dead. This is it. That is the movie. That's the, but I'm going to slightly take that back and give it shared credit with the next title, 1987, The Lost Boys, because this is the ultimate 80s. Horror film. So after moving to a new town, two brothers discovered that the area is a haven for vampires. So I'd always seen this is the coolest when it came out. This was the I mean this was like at the beginning of it, like the goth yeah yeah thing. this is this was the movie. Man. I've always I seen, don't know how many times I watched this. Movie. I've always seen this poster. I've always seen it referenced in other pop culture things and everything. I had never seen this movie until I watched it for this, this specifically. It still holds up. I, it holds up. This is a great movie. I, I, it, did you know that there's a, um, you know, the saxophone guy that plays the music at the thing, you know, with the, the long hair? And he's yeah. Playing, I still believe. Um, there is an action figure of that guy. I mean, this is how much people love <laughs> this you movie. Have it. I don't have it. <laughs> but I just found out recently there was one, and I thought that is hilarious. So, so okay, I agree that this is like an epitome of an 80s horror movie sort of thing. But my my only big note was like, I don't really get it. I don't really get the hype. I thought it was fine, but I don't get why this was the one. Well, this because, might be our biggest fight. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that. I, and I can understand looking back, not being familiar with it. But if you had lived at that time, yeah. and this movie came out, you just wanted to be one of the lost uh, okay. boys. Okay, okay, that much you know, I can you don't see. need to be Jason Patrick, and you certainly don't want to be one of the Corys because the they're both dorks. Uh, fuck no. But you want to be Kiefer Sutherland and his buddies. I mean, you—that's what you want. You want to, yeah. you know. I mean, they had all these taglines for the movie. You know, you know, party all night, stay, you know, yeah, and okay, stuff. Yeah, and right. this, this that was such a cool movie when it came out. It's hard to, for me to express to you just how cool it was right, in, in the eighties. Yeah. And, um, you know, Kiefer Sutherland was at that time, you know, he hadn't done a lot of stuff and he, you know, played David was like this cool, uh, ultra cool vampire. All the guys look like models, you know, except they, for maybe, you know, the guy from Bill and Ted. Who yeah, was one. yeah, but who's, yeah, but he's that guy is so smart. I was just listening to an interview with him. He's so cool. And uh, you'd never know it from the parts he plays, but he's such a cool guy and yeah. so smart. But yeah, and so he's one of the vampires. And I mean, it's just such a cool movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks, it made, it's like, you know, it made being a vampire, like Interview with a Vampire, it made being a vampire seem so cool. Sure, okay. You know, where you would, that. you'd want to be one of these guys. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it just, um, I don't know, it's just a great movie. And it's it's so 80s. And it's so super 80s. 
you know, more so than even, you know, Return of the Living Dead. Yes, that is a super 80s thing, but not 80s like this. And the soundtrack. Oh, my God. Oh, This is one of those movies where the soundtrack sold so many copies. I mean, it just it, it the songs became hits. And to be honest with you, I still love this soundtrack. I say, will still listen to this soundtrack. You have it on like on vinyl? Uh, I didn't have it on vinyl, but had it on DVD for years, but I have it on my Spotify. Mm-hmm. I mean, I this is a great soundtrack. Yeah. But it's very 80s. I mean, very it's super 80s. 80s, but it, you know, but this movie is always going to be on my list of one of the coolest movies ever. It it's really on, is. It's on everybody's list too. And that's why, I, think that's so why too. I like tried to watch it with an open mind. Cause I was like, I know this is a big deal. I need to see what yeah, this is about. Yeah. The movie was filmed in only three weeks. And that was like, my favorite fun fact that I could see. Um, and yeah, I, I respect it for what it is. And I'm just happy that I, I saw it. Um, cause now I finally like, okay, now I, I get some of these like jokes and, and right. references cause it's, sure. ev- it's everywhere. Oh in yeah, pop yeah absolutely. Um, all right, so are you ready to move on? Sure, yeah, yeah. So we're going to move to on. To a different, completely different kind of vampire movie. Very much. So 1987's Near Dark. So a small town farmer's son reluctantly joins a traveling group of vampires after he is bitten by a beautiful drifter. Um, so I got to... That's a bad synopsis, Yeah, I got too. to read all about this one, but I didn't, seen it. I didn't get it's to watch It's hard to find one. right now. Um, I think you can still get DVD copies of it. It is not streaming anywhere that I know of. Mm. It kind of comes and goes for some reason off streaming, and I don't know why. Um, the last time it popped up really, I guess, was right after Bill Paxton died. Mm-hmm. It was easy to find um, just because... You know, he had just passed away and you could find it, but it's gone again. Uh, But Lance Hendrickson, Bill Paxton and um, Jeanette Goldstein, who you would recognize, she's in Aliens. She's a James Cameron regular. Right. Uh, She's in Terminator 2, a very small part. She's in Aliens. Uh, She plays um, the two the two gunners. She's the woman with the big machine gun thing. Oh, she's a badass the, the, the chick badass that chick. Yeah, that's her. Yes, yes, that's yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, okay, and yeah. so she plays one of the vampires and they are, this is essentially like a Western. Uh, I mean, it's out on the plains. It's very barren and very desolate, but they travel around in a blacked out motor home. And these are not beautiful vamp. These are not the kind of vampires you want to hang out right, with. Right, right. They're nasty. They're mean. They like come into bars and they just, you know, they, there was a scene where they come in this bar and they just kill everybody in there, just rip them apart and drink their blood. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not sexy vampires. They're sure. dirty and they're nasty and mm. they're mean. And, um, this kid falls in love with this young girl that they've picked up. Who's along for the ride with them. Uh-huh. And, um, that's how he gets involved and he doesn't want to be a vampire and he wants to save this girl. Um, it's good. This is, this is a really good movie yeah. and it's just, it's one that's now tough to find. So it's hard to kind of send people, you know, to look for it because you, it's, you can't find it. So one of these days it'll turn up again or I'll pick up a Blu-ray or something and I'll get it to you so that you can watch it. Um, Cause it's actually been a, couple of years since i've seen it too mm-hmm. uh but yeah it holds up Catherine bigelow is the woman who won the oscar for the hurt locker yeah yeah, she had quite a bit of stuff but this i think might have been her first film okay uh but yeah it's um it's a good one yeah i grabbed some some fun facts about that but i didn't notice that one um so but i did find that during filming the cast and crew had to deal with a with a train that would stop at the same intersection every night one night bill pa- bill paxton in full makeup and half his face missing <laughs> saw one of the train workers leave the diesel engine went up to him saying hey man there's been an accident and if you think I'm bad, wait till you see the other guy. <laughs> Again, who knows? I could see it happening. I could too. But I who knows? Too. Um, but that's just a that's just a fun way to remember yeah, him. Yeah. 
Uh, I love like, that guy. Yeah, you know, we were talking great. about you know who 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 what celebrity were you upset when they died mm-hmm. you know and there have you know there are people that you know you don't know them you know we don't we don't know these people but we feel like we do sure you know a lot of times i remember when glenn fry died out that was a big deal to me because he was one of my favorite musicians but uh as far as actors go i mean there are people who i've who well that's sad that's too bad but i'm telling you when bill paxton died i really was crushed by that one yeah i really was um you know, I mean, musicians, I mean, a lot of the musicians, you don't know how they hung on that long. Well, Chris Cornell, for instance. I mean, I was sad when Chris Cornell sure. died, but I mean, really not a huge shock here. Um, I mean, I'm surprised he made it that long, you know, and, you know, it's like everybody who, who cried when Kurt Cobain died. OK, this was a guy who told people he was going to commit suicide for five years I hate before myself, he died. I want to kill myself. So yeah, you kind of went, oh, OK, well, I saw that coming. But when Bill Paxton died, and especially so young, yeah. over some fluky thing, he was having like some kind of minor like a I, I guess there's probably no minor heart surgery but it was like to repair a valve or yeah. something and he died on the table and it's like what the heck routine kind not of not an old guy unquote. such a great actor and such a personable person when you I met him once really where and just a nice guy went to this western thing and he was signing stuff for Tombstone oh because awesome. he played one of the brothers you know and um it's like how bizarre did to think of somebody that young that is just gone. Sure. I mean, I did a, i so then I was on a Bill Paxton kick. For, right. You know, right. I watched like every movie frailty and, you know, twister and everything twister. started rewatching, um, you know, that the Mormon show he did for HBO that, you know, uh, what, the, what was that called? Big love. Oh, God, I love that show. It was so I've never good. Seen it. He was really good in it. So he's just mm. a, he's just a guy. He's just a, was the average guy. He was the average Joe actor that you yeah. can relate to. Um, but not in some of this old stuff, like sure. when he played Chet in Weird Science, or he played, oh, yeah. you know, the guy who played in Aliens. You know, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Like, shut man. up! Someone shoot him. You know. Yes. Uh, but he he really grew into this really great actor, and it was that was te- that was sad. Really was sad. But anyway, let's move on to something else. R.I.P. Um, our last film of 1987. Yes. This would be Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. John Carpenter apocalyptic trilogy. Yes, a research team finds a mysterious cylinder in a deserted church. If open, it can be the end of the world. I didn't that get, doesn't really. I, I didn't get to watch this cover, one either. Oh, so okay. Tell me well, what you got. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, ruin it for you. Okay, but okay. it is worth watching. It's um, it's not a fast mover by any means, mm-hmm. but there's a cool thread that runs from beginning to end with this these dreams that people are having, which turns out to be a message from the future. Ah. Uh, but there is this church that's been protected for all these years, and uh, there is a group of scientists, college students, and graduate students and things that are, you know, like quantum physics people. And um, uh, Donald Pleasance is in it, plays a priest. Um, one of the guys, which I you don't remember the show, I'm sure, but there was a show called Simon and Simon, Gerald McRaney and Jameson Parker were these brothers that were private eyes. It was on the same time as Magnum P.I. with Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's how long ago it was. Um, but, you know, Victor Wong from all well, these these John Carpenter, care, you know, actors, you know, like he does. Anyway, they, they go to this church because there is this big tank in the basement of this church, and it's leaking and something is coming out of it. And I don't want, I'm not going to give away too much because it okay. is, it's a cool movie. It's worth watching. Yeah. It is, it's cool. It's very dated, but it's worth watching. But it turns out the cylinder is Satan. 
Oh, and it's been trapped here in this church all these years. It's you just, I mean, when you <laughs> you, you, you hear that, you go, what? <laughs> right. But you 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 just gotta watch it. It's um it's worth watching. It is it's a it's on streaming stuff. Just 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 pick it out. It's an hour and forty minutes or yeah. something. Um, it's also one of the longest. I the one thing I love about this movie, no it is the longest title sequence I have ever seen oh, in a movie. They no no it's not. But there's something going on. Okay, sure. And so it's the titles, the the, the opening titles, the credits are cut into the film. Oh, so it's throughout? like there are scenes for like the first 30 minutes. Oh I'm not kidding. God. And it's for some reason that has always cracked me up. Yeah. I, I was I watched it. I don't some uh, sometime during the pandemic. I yeah. in quarantine. I Well, we're still in the pandemic. But yeah. during the quarantine, I rewatched this movie. And I just every time the more credits would come on, I'd start laughing. I mean, you know, always the last credit is always directed by John Carpenter. So you're waiting for it and it's never coming. It goes through everybody for like the first half hour of the movie. I'm not kidding. It's uh, it's really funny. Don't see his name until the end credits. It's really funny. So Uh, so you might be able to confirm this. I don't know. But it says the fun fact about this is Alice Cooper originally asked John Carpenter if he could come to the set just to watch the special effect because Cooper's manager was also producing the film. Carpenter eventually decided to offer Cooper a role as the leader of the anti-God worshipping street people. Ironically, Cooper became a born again Christian in later life um which uh, I, I think that's i'm not sure that's accurate i, okay. I know he did become did a born-again christian later uh, but did I, it stick uh well i'm that, gonna that, say I no but um, I, I don't know about how but he yeah he role. is creepy in it as the you know like the homeless people that are surrounding the church you, you just have to see it it's got the, the the cool scene with the dream that that in it that part in itself makes it worth watching uh-huh. because it's this it's like this weird black and white sequence of someone coming out of the church and you can hear this voice that comes in we're you know we're relaying to you from the future yeah. you know and it's and it's trying to get a message to people to warn them of uh. something and um, eventually a little more and a little more of it keeps being revealed I, I, this is a good John Carpenter okay. yeah it's uh, a good apparently one. I do know um, that the dream sequence they they filmed and then they played it on a TV and then filmed playing it on a TV to make yeah, it look to make it really weird look or something. Uh, weird yeah again it, it, and it works not seeing it I just, just read yeah, no, about it and but. you're right you're, you're right it's really cool and when you do see it you're gonna go oh yeah, oh, that, yeah makes that makes sense that makes sense alright so. moving on to 1988 uh, this is a film you've talked about multiple times uh, yeah I really like this movie probably from one of our New Orleans episodes but maybe it's called, we were talking about voodoo, probably. Yeah, so, and, so yeah, Serpent in the Rainbow. And West Cra- this is a Wes Craven movie. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, which is very odd. It is completely unlike the other stuff that he did. I mean, he didn't just make Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. I mean, he sure. did some really bad movies in there, like <laughs> Deadly Deadly Friend. That's all I have to say okay. about the the robot who lives next door. It's a terrible movie. It sounds uh, terrible. But people forget about it. But, I mean, this is the guy who brought us Last House on the Left, the yeah, original, just, which is brutal. I mean, it is, it is the, one of the worst horrific movies yep. ever. Uh, ah. But Serpent in the Rainbow is based on, it's loosely based mm-hmm. on a true story uh, about an anthropologist named Wade Davis. Oh, did you want to read the synopsis? Go ahead. Well, yeah, so anthropologist goes to Haiti after hearing rumors about a drug uh, used by black magic practitioners to turn people into zombies. I mean, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. But Wade Davis is a real real anthropologist and author, and he had was working for a drug company and was in the Amazon, and they were trying to find a drug that could work as an anesthetic. Well, he'd heard rumors about zombies, of course, and that they were real, uh, because there had been a case um, prior to this in the late 70s of a guy who in Haiti who had been given a poison and had died, and 
someone came, dug him up, and he ended up as kind of like a... They kept feeding them the poison, and he was like a zombie slave for years. Yeah. And then showed up back in his village um, and was alive, and no one could believe it. It, it really happened. Mm-hmm. So Wade Davis was investigating this and went to Haiti to find the the real zombie drug that that had been used that created the legends of zombies. Um, so they did this movie version of it. And it, of course, it, I mean, and they turned it into a horror film. Mm-hmm. And it, it's still, um, I really like it. And it, it kind of tries to do everything on a fact-based kind of thing. And Bill Pullman, who uh, I believe is the president from Independence Day, that's Bill oh, Pullman, yeah, yes. um, who plays the Wade Davis type character, and uh, it's a really good movie. Um, I, I like it, and it, it takes place in Haiti at the time of the revolution. And you've got the uh, you know the the different factions and things are you know blowing up and going to hell, and it's a mess. You yeah. know uh, the the Duvaliers and all that stuff. But it, I love this movie. I think it's really good. Um, it is the only zombie movie I've ever seen that is realistic. Really, um, that that really takes the story and makes it real. Um, and so the horror that's experienced in it, a lot of it is not supernatural, but it, we're led to believe it is because the people believe that it is. Mm-hmm. Good movie. I, I really, this is one of my favorites. I really like this movie. Yeah. So I always recommend it. You've definitely hyped it up. I yeah. know while filming, they were actually, um, I believe, in Haiti and had mm-hmm. to leave because of some of, of the revolution. Yeah. yeah. They had to go yeah. film. Uh, I can't remember where that ended, but. Uh, also, author Wade Davis agreed to sell the book rights on the condition that Peter Weir um, direct and Mel Gibson star. Neither yeah. man had any involvement in the no, project. No, they didn't. But they did do a movie together called The Year of Living Dangerously. So, okay. Uh, that was Mel Gibson. So, yeah. Well, I mean, who wouldn't in the 1980s? Who wouldn't want Mel Gibson to play you in the movie? Yeah, of course. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. if I was had a book to sell in the 80s and I sold it and I said, oh, yeah, Mel Gibson's got to play me because we look just alike. Right, right. You know, exactly. and um, in 1987. So, I, could, I get his idea but yeah that did not work out well for him but it's a great movie bill pullman it's cool right i would it's great would have almost let mel gibson play me now but eh, he's done a couple Uh, couple too many things uh, some of this stuff a little problematic um we're moving on to the last year of the decade the year of my birth yes the year of our lord 1989 Let's start with I Madman. So, which I, is one of my guilty pleasures. Yeah, this um, one. This one I didn't get to see, but it, well, yeah. Good luck finding it. Um, well, the me. last time I saw it, it was still on um, VHS. I'm oh, not even sure. No it's, shit. I'm not sure it's ever come out on anything else. So my guess would be the movie is probably not as great as I remembered <laughs> it, but I really loved it. Uh, but the girl that's in it that plays this Jenny Wright, she's the same girl from Near Dark. Oh, okay, yeah, the young girl, but. Uh, go ahead and read the description. Yeah, because we'll... I have no idea. So tell no, me it's, I love this it. movie, but it's very 1989. But... Okay. So a bookshop clerk and wannabe actress start seeing the disfigured killer from her 1950s pulp novels come to life and start killing people around her. She tries to convince her cop boyfriend, but to no avail. Yeah, that's um, that's fairly accurate. Yeah, okay. Um, it is, she sort of brings this, this guy to life, and he is like this uh, mad doctor, mm-hmm. and she... I said she works in a bookstore and she starts picking up she picks up this book called I Madman and the lead character in it is the killer and she starts reading she gets hooked on him and somehow she manages to bring it to life and he's stalking her it's a tiny film yeah. I mean it couldn't have cost more than I don't even know to make it had to be a really low budget but it's just fun it's a cool concept uh, especially cuz it's very book 
oriented. So to me, it was appealing. And at the time this movie came out, I worked in a bookstore. So oh, it was right. really, you know, but I, I haven't seen it in years because like I said, the last copy I had was on VHS and I don't think it's ever come out in any other format as far as I know. Wow. I still look for it, but I have not found a DVD or anything of it. Uh, I'd like to find one if there is one. Um, because I just like to see it again, yes, and then I'm afraid I would. I'm afraid I would it. hate it. I'm afraid I'm going to hate it when I see it. That's but a good point. On the other hand, I I really enjoyed the movie, and it's a fun. It's like a soft spot. Oh uh-huh. God, it's my it's my guilty pleasure movie that I add. It's kind of like One Dark Night. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a piece of crap, but I love the movie, <laughs> and I don't think this is definitely not as crappy as One Dark Night, but. Um, I'd sure like to see it again. Yeah, if so. somebody has digital copies of this, yeah, or, or could or find it, find or let us I mean, know. you know, anything but a VHS is not going to do me any good. I know. But, I, I know, will get so. a VCR for five yeah. bucks at Goodwill, but I don't want to. I know. I don't want to either. Um, only fact I could find about this, don't even know, was retitled "Hardcover for Australia." Really? Uh, oh, which, okay. Sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? Are you ready to move on to the last? The, I am. Final film am. of nineteen the nineteen eighties for us is nineteen eighty nine, the original Pet Cemetery, which is always going to be superior to the original or to the remake to the remake always going to be superior that's a, that explains why you were so eager to give me that pet cemetery remake shirt that i yes. have that i wear yes, i have one too because you but, wanted it out well you know um it, it wasn't even that i i don't have a big bitch when people want us to change something yeah when you're doing a remake i get it evil dead there's a perfect example yeah you know that they, they did good a good job with changes um Sometimes the changes go too far. Sometimes you're just changing shit just to be changing shit. Yeah. And I wasn't like super, you know, against it. But the problem with it is, is the remake of Pet Cemetery is pretty much The Shining to me. It is a movie with absolutely no soul whatsoever. Uh-huh. Good actors sleepwalking their way through this movie. Um, you know, I mean, you've got... Um, you know, you've got some really good people in this movie. And, you know, you're talking John Lithgow, Jason Clark. Yeah. I mean, these are good actors. Great actors. And But the movie just never takes off. It doesn't suck you in. The original sucks you into it from the very beginning. Yes, sure. we have the corny lines from Victor Pascal. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And that's always going to be a beef. But the way his character comes back, like Griffin Dunn in American Werewolf in London, where he's just rotting a little bit more every time, that really works because he's not really Victor Pascal. He is someone who's trying to save this family. Sure. He's a spirit who feels that he owes Lewis because Lewis tried to save his life and failed. And so now he's the spirit who's come back to try to save them. And he does everything he can do. Uh, but it's not enough, obviously, for anybody who's seen it. But, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of Denise Crosby. I think she's kind of wooden in this. I don't think she's great. I think Dale Midkiff as Lewis is great. He's really good. Um, but there's no one. And the, the little kid that plays Gage is good. I think he's fun to watch, even when you can see that it's a dummy. And, yeah. you know, I mean, there's some there's some special effects issues toward the end, but it's good. But no one makes this movie like Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn will always if when I go back and reread Pet Cemetery, all I see is Fred Gwynn as Judd Crandall yeah. with that accent and just that's what I see, you know. And you know the whole thing is his fault. Everything that happens is his fault. Sure, um, it's actually the fault of the burial ground, but still it uses Judd. But yeah, and how do you not love that character? I mean, he's just such a great character. 
I don't know. I, I love this. I think it's so good. I think that, um, you know, the cat is great that they use for it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> every, casting, yeah, everybody in it is great. And I just think it's, it's unfortunate that there's somebody couldn't have taken some of these actors and put them in a, you know, say a limited six episode series to really tell this story. It's never been told correctly in both versions of the movie. The one thing that's missing is Judd's wife. And she's so important to the story because that's how Ellie starts to learn about death is when Norma dies and her mother is trying to keep it from her because of her situation with Zelda and that in alone, that's the nightmare cause mm-hmm. of everything that everyone who's ever seen this movie that has nightmares about Pet Cemetery. It's always over Zelda, sure. which was a guy. Did you know that? No, he no, was, a, he was that. a man um, made up to uh, to look like really? a girl. Yeah, because they couldn't find the right look for a girl. They wanted somebody so horrific uh-huh. and uh, so twisted up by this disease and they they hired a guy who was uh, like a, a contortionist. Yeah, I still see that. I still oh, see that image so in my scary. head. Yeah, still so scary. Rachel, Rachel. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. There's there's so much in that they tried to put into this. There's got to be a longer cut of it out here somewhere Probably. too. Probably. Mary Lambert's got to have footage. I wish they would add it back in because there's so many things that you don't know what you're seeing unless you've read the book. Like when you see Gage in that outfit with the cane. And it's Oz the Great and Terrible. Well, you know this from the book, but they don't explain it in the movie. There's okay. like a painting of it, and then he comes to life wearing this outfit, and you're like, the f- why is he wearing this outfit? Yeah. You know, but um, but anyway, this is um this is a good spot to end this yeah. because it ends it on a very high note. I mean, all of these were, you know, I mean, I picked all these for a reason, but this one I picked because it's just a damn good movie. Yeah. You know, I it agree. just is. It's just it's a great movie. And it's a great story, and um, it's a shame about the remake. It could have been great. Instead, it's mediocre. It's just like the remakes of Friday the 13th and and My Bloody Valentine. We're back to right, that again. Right. It's serviceable. It looks good. It's, it's fine. okay. Yeah. But it's not. It's forgettable. It's not. You don't. When you think of it, you don't think of you know. You don't think of the original. You think of the original Pet Cemetery, not the remake. Right. Um, and I always will. and I will tell you, I got one last '80s thing, and then we're gonna yep, wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, please. Um, you know, uh, for a lot of people, the uh, quintessential '80s horror film is Child's Play. People love Chucky, and all, I, I'm not a fan. I wasn't a to, fan. First of, thing to scare me my entire yeah, life. Literally. I was, and a lot of people are like that. And I really wasn't a fan. I didn't like the movie. I thought it was dumb. Um, I thought it was silly. I, I just, I couldn't get into it. My buddy, you know, I just couldn't get into it at all. So that's, which is why it's not on this list. However, the remake. You like the is remake? fantastic. You like the remake? It is awesome. It's so funny. This might be our biggest fight. Okay. It's so, it's, again, it's one of those, you know, the comedy that has been added into it to the ridiculous well, they point They do lean it. into it's it more. It's so much fun. I just Talking thought. about that, Mark Hamill, right? Yeah, I thought the remake was so much no fun. Shit. I couldn't believe it. It was on like, you know, I had no intention of watching yeah. it. And I was, it was, you know, ended up on like HBO or something. I'm flipping through Amazon Prime and the HBO channels. Right, right, right. I saw Child's Play and I thought, oh God. And you gotta I, check but it I got, out. I thought, well, I might as well see what it's like, you know, just yeah. to see what it is. And I, 
ate that thing up. I and as soon as I finished it. it, I got a hold of Oren and I said, have you seen this? Yeah. Because he and I both hate the original. And I said, have you seen this? He goes, no. I said, you've got to get on Amazon and watch it. And so, like, I don't know, later that same day, that was awesome. I mean, I, I know. Oh Isn't it great? Gosh. I mean, it's a guilty pleasure movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's never going to make any top 10 lists. I don't own sure. it or anything. I watched it and it was a lot of fun, but it it blew me away as an 80s remake that was actually improved on the original. No shit. It did. It really did. Um, I really, I really like it. I well, think so, it's very funny. Yeah. And it just, for whatever reason, it just worked for me. Well, so I've talked about this before, but I was at, I was getting babysat, essentially. I was two years old, and I was at a friend's <laughs> house, and his older brother put on Child's Play, yeah. and we were just beep around I could see where old. it would scare you. Well, so yeah, I was sure. scared my entire childhood, but I didn't really know why, and I, I would talk <laughs> about a doll, and eventually my parents connected it, and they were they were pissed. Yeah, somebody um, chose a two-year-old I, child's play. I couldn't even walk down the aisle at Movie Mart where the, and they were in alphabetical order, and so I'd yeah. see all three of the Chucky movies, and like I like, couldn't even walk in front of them. I was, I was fucking terrified. <laughs> I slept on the couch. So I was like five. I was so scared. Um, and this is just the truth. And then finally, I checked them out. You know, as I was older, um, and there's one part at least. I agree that they're like kind of campy and too too over sure. the top. But there's one part in uh, the first child's play. It's after he gets burned in the fire. And he's like tiptoeing and creeping with this knife, and it's the most metal thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It's so it's awesome looking, and I was like, no wonder if like I just like no this wonder is you were terrified. Me now. Yeah. Um. But then I went to go see the remake. I went at like 10 a.m. on a Saturday by myself because I was just like it came out. I was like, I, I have to go sure. like, do this now. Now that I'm not afraid of these movies yeah. and I'm 30, um, I was like, I got to check this out. And I thought it was fine, but I'm I'm just so surprised that you. I, well, loved I guess it so much. I guess I hate the original so much. I just sure I've never liked it that's I fair just don't like it and uh, i think because i dislike the original so much your bar was really low something maybe? About, yeah oh my bar was super low because i expected nothing from yeah it. i didn't even expect i'd watch the whole thing uh -huh. i figured i'd turn it off after 20 minutes because it was stupid right and said i got hooked <laughs> and ended up watching it and really enjoying it and it's having amazing. a good time and laughing and it was. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's a fun movie. I did like you know? the, the the AI take that they did. You kind of yeah, modernize yeah, it, almost different. like an Invisible Man right, sort right, of thing. Right. So you know, sometimes you can improve on an original Dawn of the Dead. You right. Know? That's um, true. So it could be done. Uh, but anyway, um, well, I guess we should Let's, wrap this up. We've been going for two long. hours. Oh dude. well, that's about right yeah, for this, yeah. these particular things we do. We so, told Kaylin it'd be like forty five minutes. Yeah, we will be back um, with regular episodes. Um, in November, we yeah. will be back with some regular. I'm starting to miss our Hollywood stuff. Although I did some Hollywood adjacent stuff all week as bonus episodes. So but you've already heard all yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm I'm right. Uh, but I'm ready to get back into our regular season again, yep. and uh, at least until the holidays, we'll take a holiday break, and then we'll be back again. So this season's going to get bounced around a little bit. But you know, this is our every Halloween. We yeah. always do of a course. special show. So uh, we hopefully you've enjoyed the bonus stuff all week, and hopefully you enjoy enjoyed us just rambling about yeah. movies we like from the 80s um and uh we'll be back next halloween with the 70s and the 70s. hey we're gonna get the omen and the exorcist and we're getting some good stuff uh, there's, there's some so good many stuff in seen. the 70s i know we're i'm gonna have to get you the list a little earlier to give you a chance well, to if i get space them out if i, I could yeah. do one a night and yeah like knock but them i mean out. yeah but if i i get you a list earlier than i did this time and i just i, I know I'm you gonna already tell know. you well i'm gonna tell you no i i don't i really don't i need to sit down and figure it out but 
Um, the 80s was different. You know, it was easy for because I'm like, oh, God, I saw this in the theater. This is great. Sure. And then after I mean, I go back and go, OK, well, it wasn't so great. But <laughs> the 70s, the list will not be as long. Um, ah, OK. But there are some really great and the movies that are great are really great. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, Halloween, you know. Right. There's going to be some good stuff um, from the 70s. So. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. That's next Halloween. We don't need to worry about it. We may not even be here by next Halloween. Uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, third Damn, wave yeah. of a pandemic, because people can't wear a mask. Wear a um, mask. So anyway, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, pretend you're a superhero. Pretend like you're an outlaw. Pretend you're going to go rob a bank. I don't care. Just wear the damn thing. That's all I care about. Yes. It's, it's this literally the least you can do. So Just anyway, whatever. Do, do that's so we're around. I've for been next ranting Halloween. around on that for a long time. Now, you have so, been. Um, yeah. I'm not going to do since our Halloween episode. I don't think I typically do our standard no, outro thing. I'm not going to. I would either. say just tweet at us. Hit us up yeah. on Instagram to let us know um, what you thought about. Yeah. Our if you've got some movies. comments on some of the movies. If you, have or 70s if you think movies. we missed something. Yeah. Or you missed something you know, from the 80s. Um, let us know. Yeah. We'll we'll we're happy to listen. We we love movies. So yeah. We'll we'd love to hear about it. Well, help stay safe and have a happy Halloween. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you. 